All right, we're back here in Studio C in Roseau, Minnesota. Kevin Broughton and Levi Novacek. It is December 15th, I believe. We're halfway through December. Heck yeah. Getting closer to Christmas and closer to a new year. 2021 hopefully is a better fucking year than 2020 has been. We can hope for that. Hey, there's always a silver lining. We'll find it. This is what I want. I just, I'm just excited for like a possible timeline for this COVID relief, like, <laughs> like a fucking plan. Well, you're a business owner, like, and, I, and I'm, like I am too. Any plan, like, hey, we are looking at six months before, you know, sports can really start letting people. I, I don't know, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, I mean, a timeline of. You know, here's the vaccines. We can only get this many for now, but we do have a plan and we do want to open the country. Not we're going to do nothing and hope that this shit just goes away and keep our economy going, even though people are getting sicker and businesses aren't open. So uh, this hasn't affected the huge businesses quite as much as it has the small businesses. Like a lot of them are back to work. My dad was a financial advisor for a big company i mean they're back to work they are making their money uh but the little shops that are supposed to be serving those guys lunch on yeah, their breaks i, I got you are, are not there you right know, they're the ones struggling so the i mean with donald with donald's plan it, i don't know what plan it was but it didn't really take care of the people well, that I think really he, are the the backbone of this we country can't, so we can't get into that though because there's a lot of stuff yeah we're that, not getting into it yeah I, I would love to just to see a plan for getting well out of this madness because shit's just canceled it's man. it's it's tough because what, what do you do okay just we'll spend just a minute or two on this so yeah. how yeah, can they know a timeline if they through. truly don't know the numbers well they knew they know a timeline of when we can get i mean they have to put something out that they is probably an estimate it's not going to be 100 percent accurate that we're going to open on every well, so, business on april 1st and but gonna, we can have a goal so if to okay. like have this at this point and this at this point i don't think anybody that's in the house or the senate right now has been essential because they haven't done fuck all <laughs> in like so six months so here's my months, opinion and i don't know why it's been why it's been held up but to my knowledge in all my research and of listening to podcasts and watching news stations that might be news or not and reading things that i hope are factual and try to fact check is that mitch mcconnell has had held this up like for multiple months and you would, need to look at some take, different news sources dude it would take uh, please like look at four some. people signing a fucking piece of paper to get a, the next relief bill out, which I, I wouldn't just... be enough to help us pull out of this but it would help a hand, quite a few people dude to, they've got a bill sitting there that Nancy Pelosi had on her desk. I'm telling you. you so got, there, you there must to, be one for each. There's one that they I want, know. one that they there want. There must be. I don't so fucking know Just like about you it. get them bullshit emails from Trump on I, your I'm phone. I'm still that, getting them, dude. That isn't I'll even Trump. It's, no, I don't want to read one. I get those too, but <laughs> I don't really? fucking read them. I, yeah, I get them from something called the Daily Kos, K-O-S, and I don't read oh, them. Shit. But they're all, I see the headlines before I decide not to read them and i understand that they are so far skewed to the blue side that i i don't even want to just the headlines are like even obnoxious to me as a democrat like all these are just so 
fucking leaning so hard to the left that I, I literally get my news from comedy shows, from uh, like literally John Oliver, Stephen Colbert, so Trevor Noah, and I get most of my Stephen news. Colbert laughs. I mean, he fucking makes fun of Joe Biden too. I get most but, of my news right off of Facebook, <laughs> and I, I literally believe that one hundred percent that you do. You want to know what I did to look today? What? I deleted my fucking Facebook. I account. can't do it right now because I, yeah, dude, you have to just no, listen, do it. No. Bite the fucking bullet. Here, here's what I got to do. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. The, the only reason that <laughs> uh, you don't like him, I don't care about Mark so, Zuckerberg. I just fucking hate facebook now it's just I do everybody too. just i do i hate it too so just the one reason why did you what you do with gas on what you do fire? with all your pictures i don't care i just said i don't care dude i got pictures on my facebook from like 15 years ago yeah i got them from college and they're gonna turn into memories in my mind you know i i'm gonna miss so many of those pictures can a guy I, upload them on your computer you think yeah of course you can just fucking dude, go to what? freeprints.com and print them for free it's an app i'm not gonna print them dude this why Put them into normal old school pictures that come in a fucking envelope. You can put it in a frame. You can put it on your shelf. And you can put it in a fucking tote in your basement and pull it out in 40 years and laugh that these were actually printed on photo paper instead of digital pictures. I mean, I, yeah, that's and one then thing we'll that sucks. we'll go back to class at the folk school after we print off our paper pictures. Yeah. It's <laughs> and Bob Ross is going to be there. Hell no, dude. Polaroid <laughs> cameras are still a thing. Like, they're making a rebound. I almost brought, bought my wife one for Christmas I know, this year. I've seen kids. And how fun is it to, like, literally take a picture and be like, And then hold it in your hand. And hand it to somebody and go, here you go, dude. Kids nowadays Here's think this that's memory. cool. Here's this memory for you. I think two years you know? ago, I think two years ago or a year ago, Reese did get a camera that was. I mean, do you not have pictures in your house? They're not all on a digital fucking iPad across your mantle above your fireplace, are they? Like, I guess you're right. It's not like I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna reminisce today. I'm gonna <laughs> go through all my Facebook yeah. photos. I mean, you do once a year, but it and you remember 15 years ago how funny that was and that was and <laughs> Buddy pissed the bed in college and I took a picture and. Yeah, so what what other social media app shit. could you use to I'm not going to I don't No no I'm just saying to keep in contact with friends. So the friends that I want to keep in contact with I have their phone numbers. I ha I know their addresses. We send them Christmas cards. My wife just sent them Christmas cards. I don't need all those people that were friends what about eight years yeah, ago and, for me and if i did bump into him again yeah we'd still be friends but even though you see their pictures and you scroll through your facebook you're not calling them and being like hey dude i just I saw, saw this, your post dude I just <laughs> saw this picture of us nine years ago do you remember this day you're like looking through your phone you're like oh fuck i don't even have this guy's number anymore you know so yeah they're a memory and it's hard to let go of memories sometimes if you can look at that picture on your facebook but that is part of the facebook trap Really? I think so. I mean, but if you have Cause a people little are bit of knowledge, a little bit of knowledge, Levi, about technology, you can pull those suckers off there. You can put them on a jump drive, on a hard drive, on anything. USB? Probably. USB, and and save them or print them off. Freeprints.com. Maybe we'll get a sponsor. They're not free, are they? Yeah. Yeah, it's like you pay for the postage. So you can get like... Oh, no shit. And also I get like... a notification on my phone like you have 85 free prints available right now if you want them so i don't know how they make money that's for them to figure out but i just every once in a while maybe once or twice a year 
I go through my phone, and before I delete all the pictures out of, you know, because I don't put every picture on Facebook either, but I have pictures on my phone just stored on my phone, and I'm like, well, in two years I'm going to get a new phone, and sometimes you get broken and you can't transfer, so you can't transfer your data or your pictures, so, yeah, print them off. Do you know what's crazy is I was – Okay, so what year did you grab? You know what? What year did you turn get 18? my GED? You didn't get a fucking GED. Well, don't you get that when you graduate? It is actually, yeah, it is called. A GED. <laughs> I mean, I okay, so what year? Oh five, you said two thousand and five. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, same age as my wife. Um, what? For real? I believe so. Yeah, she's a oh four or oh five. I can't remember. She's a year older than me, I think. Oh, oh good, dude. Okay, so cheers, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I I can say that I was alive. This isn't a huge deal, but like when I joined the Marine Corps, we were still dragging our own cameras that had film in them. Okay, I think it's just turned into more of an art now. Those photos than than the standard. The standard is uh, take it on your phone, post on social. But you media, never look at it again. And, it seems like, and then once a year, scroll through your phone and delete like eight eighty to eight hundred pictures, depending on your habits. Yeah, you're right. And you're like, oh, man, I can't weird. believe I took 20 of this, 20 yeah. pictures of this spot, and none of them look good. Dude, there's something with the right, real I got, thing. I got one more, too, is the disposable cameras. I still have, like, two disposable cameras that I see every once in a while that aren't developed. I think one's got, like, three pictures on it in our camper slash fish, fish house. All dick And I have pics. no idea. I don't think they're dick pics. I don't know. I mean, both me, myself, and my father and my grandpa... <laughs> Use that same fish house, not. so that'd be pretty weird. Um, that would would, would be funny. That what that is a way to booby trap the old people that would have to develop those photos. <laughs> like, hey, I don't know what's on this camera, but will you develop all these for me? And it's like, oh my god, uh, dude, some three hundred pound truck driver with his legs up over his head, <laughs> like taking a picture of his hemorrhoids or something, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. That's like the most grody thing I could think of. But then you're developing then the people developing them. You might not even have to go back and get them, but you probably want to to see their face again. Do you know where these cameras are, by the way? Disposable cameras. Yeah. Mine. Yeah, the ones you're talking about. I have one in my drawer, my nightstand drawer, and I have one in in our in our fish house. And you haven't had them developed. No, I'd imagine the one is big fish, and I I don't know what's on it. That's the that's kind of the. <laughs> that's the moral of the story it's kind of awesome is then, it where does a guy go to even get film developed now i think you just mail those cameras like literally there's a place in town here in our okay. small town uh, dean's photo express oh I yeah mean, they still have that yeah yeah of course yeah. there's people that have cameras still and not i mean not everybody has a smartphone these which is kind of mind-blowing but i'm almost to the point where i want to go back to a flip phone too i need my phone for business but yeah, I just. I, I uh, think I could figure out how to not. I think my wife could keep all the technology over on her side. Her eyes can melt out. You from could the go with a flip phone, and I could go with a flip phone. I probably, I'd probably revamp my slider. I saw that in my, in my nightstand drawer. You still too. have it, old slider, yeah, with, with the, the keyboard. keyboard. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a charger for it. I got to go find one of them. But so it's kind of weird, you know. I was looking at those pictures behind you, and if I, you know, I sit and look at them when I talk to you a lot of times, and I actually kind of. I don't know if I would call it admire. I just look at them. Sink into them a little well, bit. Well, kind of, but it's something to do with your eyes, the way they perceive images, right? Yep. And, like, if you took a picture of one of those paintings with your phone, 
mm-hmm. and showed it to me, I'd be like, get the get the thing out of here. I don't even want to look at it. You know, like, but when I come in here and look at it in the texture and stuff, you know? Yeah, that's why you have to go to an art museum and walk around to yeah, kind of It's not in, like you can scroll through it. your if phone you look and look at, at all these. Yeah, you look at the Mona Lisa on your phone, it's like, oh, cool, I've seen that a billion times. But if you're standing in front of the actual painting, you're like, oh, damn. This thing's made it this long, and yeah. it still looks that. Good. So you're looking at the textures, not so much the colors, but maybe just the texture and the way it, your eyes perceive the. Yeah, the message, behind I me, guess. I have um, five paintings. I've got uh, one of that I bought at a music festival many years ago. Jacob Erickson. It's kind of a guy with <laughs> psychedelic <laughs> plants that, that's floating a crazy, out of his head. That's a crazy painting. I like it. Uh, one by my wife that. Uh, it's kind of abstract, a circle eye. We've got a remake of the Alien. We've got three from a buddy, and you know, he, his name's Warren Peterson. He's an artist in Minneapolis. He's a bass player for the band A Bat, A Bad Man, The Bad Man, my bad. Um, who's actually come up, come up kind of big right now for the last couple of years, but he's also like a ridiculous artist known him for many years i've got three of his which one did he do paintings here in the wall he did the that's my favorite one there this one yeah i bought this one from him in 2010 i think for 20 dollars you know why it's interesting to me and it i I mean it is it is unique it's a one single focal point with branches going all back to that single focal point you know do you know what it kind of you know so the other day i have never watched the full movie but i did start to watch dr strange and you know when they start to that's my favorite go through all these like weird dimensions. That's my favorite Marvel. Is it a Marvel or or that's superhero not, movie? Yeah, Doctor Strange comic movie. It's a comic comic movie. movie. I I believe a lot of that shit. It's kind of okay. Weird. So that's why that I like that paint. Doctor Strange has got kind of a dark side that I don't really. It kind of throws it, me it, off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, twists into like Eastern medicine and and and. He's a he's a doctor in the United States and thinks he can solve everything with Western medicine and finds out that you know Eastern mysticism is more powerful than anything that he's ever learned or experienced in his life and, and yeah it, and then he dives into it that's what that painting reminds me of is like the kind of the graphics kind of, of the movie you know yeah warping the in next zone yeah of, like warping into the into the next dimension that's what it kind of reminds me of it's like holy shit so there's dr strange and also i think maybe the last two avengers are i i really i'll say love those movies really Just the ideas of it yeah like the last two avengers where it's uh whatever the bad guy's gonna he's gonna eliminate like half the population of the world to to make the world function how it should you know that's like just a crazy idea that i i i can wrap my head around and i believe that you know the world would be better off with less pollution and less people and do you know what's that's kind of a crazy idea do you know what's crazy about those movies movies like uh all the marvel comics all and then there's another couple of movies that it's probably you're probably not into it but i thought it was interesting was called the i think it's called the kingsman yeah kingsman kingsman right knights of the kind of the knights of the british bond from yeah so yeah so but what's fascinating i think is i don't take a lot of time to watch movies but i do watch movies actually the kingsman you can't really watch with kids because it's pretty violent 
Like very violent. Yeah. Some um, of it. Like like when the dude gets the first one, the guy got the dad got like split right in half. Yeah. It was a little sadistic. But um <laughs> what's crazy about those movies is the whole story plot behind them. Somebody had to write that, right? Yeah. Like when the Samuel L. Jackson was gonna like um in that move in the first one or maybe the second one, I don't remember, but he was gonna like do away with half the population. It, it's so true though. Like he's like, hey, here's these free phones, right? They're giving out SIM cards to people. Yeah. Right. Here's these free SIM cards. You know, here it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody's like, this is awesome. You know, and then all the, and then like after everybody's got them, then he plays that. I don't remember. What does it do? Zap them or something? No, it plays like a um a, a, psych- a, a psychological message, message yeah. to, to everybody, and they start fighting and killing each other. Oh, in the world and they're the trying streets. to yeah, yeah in the streets they're literally killing each other yeah with chainsaws and violent like crazy <laughs> shit right like however they can anything yeah, like so they, they essentially hypnotize these people to fight each other to the death yeah until everybody's so they're trying to de- it's the same theory they're trying to depopulate the world well it's crazy to think like i get done watching that movie and i'm like oh it's an okay movie you know i'm like it's pretty good but then i think about it see i'm the kind of person i'm like like how could you write this without right, going ex- to jail or yes something? that's where i'm like who the fuck wrote this yeah but there <laughs> it's an idea i mean yeah. those are just ideas and you're like hey i'm not no we can't put you in jail for putting out a hypothetical idea or a fictional movie like no even i, I they, know yeah. what they make you think about those things is is the bigger purpose but of it could potentially raise like, awareness of that type of situation because that well i think they do i think i don't think anything like that is totally dreamt up i think they probably have already been ideas and plans like that or something so it came of the from sort. somewhere yeah i mean every every sad, crazy most you know sadistic idea like the saw movies i couldn't even watch those i can't watch them i did in college i watched i think saw one and saw two and then i was like this is so fucked up yep like i can't watch somebody has to think of all this and that is part of humanity too for all the good you think humanity can do there is also these thoughts of oh man cutting people up for fun and it's like like the for, black web or whatever they real? call it there's a whole other side to the internet yeah the dark it's web. disturbing man the dark web or uh the movie hostel back in the i mean it was probably 10 years ago and it was about some people traveling to europe and they pay lots of money to some torture people, people do, right yeah to torture people and americans go for the most because people hate us yeah and yeah so that was terrifying to me because it was like i got one this is a real fucking thing i thought <laughs> As soon as I saw that movie, I was like, I'm not going to Europe. Swear to God. I, I went to my sister's wedding in France, and I was like, fuck this. I'm not walking around by myself. Dude. Even though I did. You know what? I did. I thought about hostel, but I still did it. And you got drawn into a fucking... I did walk into a back alleyway, a, yeah, pipe shop. So I, I, got yeah. one, I got one that... One movie that is absolutely disgusting, and I think the guy that did write it should be either drug out back and and beat with a stick and that's that human centipede movie i've never seen that, that i've is never so seen that but stupid I, such a terrible idea to even put that into people's heads i can't say that i'm a fan really of any horror movies yeah, i don't really right, want either. i don't really want even to see that i don't yeah i don't want any sorts of thoughts like that in I my brain i, I, I don't, don't understand you're how right. people enjoy it i i get that it makes you scared and that's kind of fun but they're doing some crazy shit. There was um, paranormal activity. That one 
that was a movie that was terrifying without anybody getting hurt mutilated like did you watch that at all Uh uh-uh it was like a couple that were in their bedroom i think it was shot on like a twenty thousand dollar budget or something and they just had one camera like in a bedroom and they'd have a timer that would count down and and so it was the suspense of watching the timer on the camcorder Mm -hmm. because something would happen in this bedroom like at three o'clock every morning like 3 a.m and so they'd be sleeping and it would for like 20 minutes it might be just one scene where at 3 a.m the sheets get pulled down and nobody's in there and and then they wake up and they're like what did you no i didn't and so they get scared enough that they put like baby powder on the floor of their bedroom one night and so then at like 3 a.m you see footprints coming through the baby powder and you're just like what the fuck and so they use just the timing the timer counting on that camcorder to create the suspense to create the suspense that just made people go nuts and i i think they did like three of the movies and made tons of money but it was just the idea and and people that's people's brains will will fill in every gap and and scare them however they need to be scared but you don't need to be cutting people's legs off no i know i agree that was a centipede or whatever you know it's like human centipede no we're not i I won't i will not watch those you know and i don't know whatever but anyways we're we're uh god we've already covered some pretty interesting shit here um dude i love movies i love movies and i love pictures so we cover them hey what the heck you know some Christmas traditions, flipping through the old binders of photographs, and what do you got? Do you guys got any uh, um, Christmas traditions? Anything? I don't know. I'm not. You know, it, people. Why, do white here's the thing: my wife and I, or, Teal and I, both come from like uh, we'll say divorced families. Yeah. It seems to me it's what, gotten better the, now. What's the incorrect terminology? Broken homes. I guess. Yeah. Like separated. Um, so it seems to me. You ever seen that movie Four Christmases where like. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. Okay, so it always used to seem like, uh, and some guys could probably relate to this, is it seemed it seemed like we would have all these Christmases to go to, and it seemed like it was just was a lot of running. You know, we didn't even hardly get a chance to... Sit down and sit, enjoy You know, because I'd have, other. like, my family, you know, my, my, my side of the... You know, my aunts and uncles and, yep. and stuff like that, and cousins. You know, we still all get together with the cousins and everything. Um, but my actual cousin, so it's kind of cool because we were really close growing up. So I guess that would be our tradition now is I'm an adult 39-year-old that still, when I see my cousins, my eyes light up because yeah. because we always had, because we, we've always got along. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we're like, need, hey, what's up, man? You, you know? don't need to show each other pictures on the phone to be buddies again. But when, right? When you come <laughs> back together, you're just like, boom, the memories come yeah, back. It's, yeah, it is. And, and we, we'll talk smart and everything, you know, and then our wives all get, you know, they all talk smart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, they all, <laughs> and our wives and all, they all, you know, everybody gathers up. It's more just bullshit, you know, everybody talking smart. And then uh, we got, uh, you know, we go to my, I, you know, one thing that I've learned to enjoy and you, you will too, when your son gets, you know, a little older is you start to see the fun that, that the kids have. Do your the, kids believe in Santa Claus? Um, Reese, obviously she's, not on board with that yeah she's old enough um i think cash has probably figured it out too i'm pretty sure but i don't it's not like he's like hey can you tell santa to he doesn't write a letter to Santa. no he he doesn't no i i'm thinking of it is his gifts are so like i don't know like he gets like the freaking case age combine like 
He sees the damn Toy. things. Yeah, he sees the... <laughs> no. Well, right. <laughs> he sees the freaking things at the tight machinery store up the road here. It's not like... Oh, yeah. He's not like... I'm, I'm sure he's probably thinking, why the hell would Santa make this thing in the North Pole when he could just... Go get to Ace Hardware or whatever. <laughs> I saw him at Ace Hardware. Yeah, like, huh. why would he, like, have all these elves? It's not even profitable at all. You know, like. <laughs> Your kid's not. <laughs> what, is he six? Well, yeah. Well, no, Cash is like, yeah. he'll be eight next year. But when he's... He, he's got such a logical mind. I'm sure he'd be thinking, this isn't right. Like, there's he's, he's very logical. Like. So does Santa just bring them all to the store first and drop them <laughs> off, and then you have to pay for them? Yeah, he's probably thinking, well, who, who hmm. does the manufacturing here? You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like I'll, I'll give you an example. Like one time, he was about three or four years old, and we were out combining, and it was muddy, and it was really muddy, and it was one of my fields that just seems like the mud just sticks to your boots. It's really heavy ground. Yeah, and we were out combining, and uh, I took a sample, and the beans were too wet, and and. Uh, Anyway, I said, well, we can't, we can't take these beans. So, and at the time I wasn't farming that many acres, so we could, you know, we just, you can do that when you don't have that many acres. You're yeah, like, you we'll wait just wait. You know? right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, you know, and he, and at the time he, he really, really likes riding and equipment. He still does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course he was a little bummed out, but then, uh, I, I was walking away from the combine. I had the grain cart sitting there and I did dump some beans into the grain cart and, and, uh. He, he he didn't like the idea that we were out there rutting that field up because we were making ruts. I had to combine a four wheel. He did not. He didn't like that. Like <laughs> really? Yeah. And it usually a young be, kid. Usually being a kid, he'd be like, "This is fun." You know, I had rice tires on the like big knobby tires. On, mm -hmm. Like I was set up for mud. And anyway, so I was walking to the pickup with Cash, and I was carrying him, and he had his little cowboy boots on or whatever, and. And we got up to the county road, and I, I, thought, I turned around. And I thought, "Oh shit! I got I didn't close the tarp on the grain cart. Yeah, you know, in case it rains overnight, I was just gonna leave it. Well, I'm like, ah, he's little enough to where you don't really want to leave him up on the county road. Yeah, by himself because he. And then there's a vehicle parked on the. You know, you just I, I just don't like leaving. Now it's fine probably because he's aware of his surroundings. But yeah, back he's then, too young to leave. yeah. So I'm like, hey, I said, hey, I said, uh, hey, just follow me out here quick. Just get off the road. He goes. You know, because I, I said, I got to tarp the cart. He goes, I ain't going out there. I said, just get off the road. Then he goes, I ain't. He goes, dad, it's fucking muddy out there. <laughs> you know, and I, I just looked at him and I'm like, you know, he probably should be running this farm and not me because he wouldn't have even drove the equipment out there. <laughs> like, dad, it's way too wet out there. Yeah. You already went out once and made a mess. Don't go back. Yeah, it's just he's, he does. He says some really logical things that actually make me feel kind of stupid. Isn't that like before Bill Cosby got in trouble with all the, you know, fucking raping yep, people? Yep, yep. <laughs> the kids say the darndest things. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And that was just yeah, like, the, he's, kids are honest. They don't have a filter and they he's even he's even gotten more honest and more brutal like, why and why and this doesn't make sense and yeah then sometimes the parents get frustrated and they're like this is just the way it is and it's like they say that because the kid was fucking right <laughs> right <laughs> you, know? you know and and i'm and i do i as a parent i try to be open to I want to let them know that you don't need to be so stubborn that you aren't open. You know, at the same time, yeah. you you want to show that you're in, you you are in charge. You know, essentially, the, you know, the king and queen of the castle. You yeah. that the parenting is not a democracy. No. You know, um, in my opinion, and you know, the parents need to be in charge. It needs to be that authority. I will be a father that will spank my son. Yeah, if he's if he looks at me 
and he isn't supposed to do that and he knows he isn't supposed to do that and he looks at me and does it like I do see children do and I look at their parents and go you're not going to do anything you're not going to do anything to your kid for that you're not going to bring him inside or put him in timeout or spank him on the ass or any like and it's it, I'm like, and, dude I'm gonna I'm not gonna be abusive to my son I'm wow not right that. I ain't gonna be like come here but he does not guy, he does you know? not get to flex on me and win no and you know? and um I I, I remember he, I guess I gotta backpedal because if he's right about something when he's five years old and he's right you gotta tell I'm him I'm gonna have to bite the bullet I'm gonna have to swallow my pride and say you know what buddy you're darn right about that and dad's gonna stop doing that yeah because you, you want to you want to lead by example and, and you know a good example is actually admitting when you're wrong i'll tell you right? this i smoke cigarettes and man do i feel bad when a little kid like i do not smoke in front of my nieces because they are right when they tell me uncle that's really bad for you why do you do that and i'm like shoot i do this because i made a bad choice and i haven't quite got past it yet but i know it's bad and i'm sick of saying that so you just know, hide you know, instead you know, part of me but wants I to should say. just quit smoking because people <laughs> knew 20 years ago the sh- fucking consequences of smoking i know but part of me wants to say too you know what how old are they i mean from uh probably 11 to 4 i just want to say you know what in about six years you'll find out <laughs> because it, it, there's because you, you're you're people kids that are you know 15 to 23 or 22 i mean i say 22 i got out of the marine corps when i was 22 but you're kind of an idiot right yeah, to some extent but because they you're, but they also know that smoking kills and causes cancer and that's not a lie i'm just i'm just in my head pushing that part back I know, but all the time and, so, you get so easily influenced when you're young especially like yeah, a young man that's like 16 years old or 17 is yeah. so easily influenced honestly like if he has some friend of his that he thinks is cool like one of his best buddies like they play playstation together yeah. they play hockey together like if that dude's over there chewing snooze like more than likely well snooze for those people who don't know is chewing tobacco yeah you know if that dude's over there chewing like he's gonna think it's perfectly okay because if his buddy's doing it like he trusts him because he thinks what he he thinks his friendship is that valuable to where he values his his lifestyle choice that I mean, it's a crazy thing, psychology. Like the psychology. I don't with peers. think that stops as for children. I think that just goes throughout your lifetime. Like when if your buddy's doing it, so I'll say like I'll relate it to a good thing, like progression in downhill skiing in the mountains. Like I've went skiing with my buddies, and I would never go in the places I would go if I didn't have somebody to follow. And they say, you're going to be fine. Just follow me. You're going to, we're going to be just fine at the bottom of this run. I'm saying, dude, I'm not from the mountains. I don't know. I don't trust this. And they're like, hey, just have faith in me. Follow me. You're good. And at the end of it, I'm like, dude, I can't believe I did that, you know? And so in some scenarios, that peer pressure can be great. But in, in other scenarios, it's like, hey, dude, you know, maybe you're 40 years old and you work for, a financial institution and your buddy's laundering money and you're like well fuck jimmy's been doing that shit for 12 years and he's got a good accountant he's doing good man he's, he's got an h2 good. he's like, got an h2 you know the irs <laughs> seriously he's got the irs beat you know and 
all of a sudden you're in federal prison for white collar crimes like because you watched the wolf of wall street and thought that it was awesome and that you could do it it is kind of awesome it is <laughs> it is being that kid on a way bigger scale whole different level well he got away with it or he did it or fuck it i can do it too I watched a documentary last night when I was up north mowing in the tractor. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's boring. As, it is boring, dude. Because he's got GPS. Yeah, it's got auto just, steer and everything. Yeah, so auto I watch the documentary. I just watch it on my phone. I don't. Yep. Yep. I actually, what I do is I just listen to it. You don't got a big screen in your tractor? No. I, I actually put it. I have a, one of them Bluetooth things that you you plug into the cigarette outlet or whatever the twelve yep. volt out, and then it it transmits to my radio and my tractor because yep. that tractor doesn't have Bluetooth capable, but. Actually, it does. You know what's fucked up? That tractor, it's got Bluetooth capable, you, so you can talk on your phone through your stereo, mm-hmm. but you can't play music because apparently at the John Deere factory, nobody's allowed to play music. Anyways, <laughs> so so anyways, um, I watched a, a documentary about this dude, and it said, that, what did it say? The stupidest? He's uh, something like, he's kind of, he must have been an idiot. So he worked for um, Loomis Fargo. He, they're like a... ATM slash big bank, you know, yep. and he was, he was, he worked at their, he was like a manager mm-hmm. and he, he devised this plan. Well, it wasn't, he wasn't even the mastermind. Yeah. So this other like career crimp criminal that knew a friend of his talked to him. He they, was a pawn. So in it was the like, scheme. yeah, it was like, he a, was like, yeah, he was, was the cog they needed. Yeah, it was a, tr- it was a, it was a three way person, three person deal. And yeah. anyways, like long story short, this dude he took like 20, I was like $27 million out of like, and he had so much effing cash. He couldn't even get all of it in the back of the van. Like it yeah. was plump full to the ceiling. Right. Yeah. And they left. Okay. So they got this van and he dropped it off where he said he was getting Then the other per- person that was involved. He took like 30 grand with him to Mexico. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he went to Me- Cause they're like, yeah, go to Mexico. We'll take the van. You know, their big plan. It actually worked. They got away. Well, then they fucking FBI found the van like two weeks later and they, they left like tons of money in it. Five million dollars in the van because they literally Couldn't did not take it. They did not do the math to figure out how much volume they would need. Right. Yeah. So they left that much money in the van. Well, then these freaking the other party involved in this, the actual criminals, I in my eyes, mm-hmm. this guy was just a pawn in the scheme. Yeah, you know, yeah. the guy that did it, these other criminals were in the same freaking town. And they went and bought a brand new house, <laughs> paid all cash for it, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. They They're bought, like, we're going, once we get the house with the big garage, we'll go back for the van yeah, and park that yeah, fucker dude. here. So then, so then it got better and better and better. And I was just like, oh my God, dude. There's a movie like, oh, now we're back to movies. It's like, get the gringo or something. Kind of the same concept. Like, man, am I something happy to about see that. you? And yeah. And they're like, use some guy in the... Kind of it's the know, same shit. Yeah, further it's big probably criminal, that, based criminal, on that. It, it, you know what? It probably is. I bet it is. Get the gringo because they do the same thing with him. They send him off. And he's like in alone country, in a hotel. And he's just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I have no idea yeah. what I'm doing here and what's going on up there and why am I here? And so all the, of a sudden it, he finds out that they're trying to kill yeah, him. Yeah, in the doc, it's probably based off that. I bet it oh, is. Oh, you know what happened? Um so yeah, the, he, somebody bought the rights to a story and I think it was, I don't know what organization did it. Big mainstream deal. Anyways, um, he, he made like, I think they bought it for so many million dollars and what they actually did was they helped pay the restitution uh, towards whatever, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So 
anyways, they did an interview on him and at the, at the very end and, and they said, well, would you, you know, do how again. do you feel about it? You know, would, would anything, would you change, would you change anything, you know, or what would you change if you could go back? Yeah. He said, honestly, nothing. No. He said, I think he got like seven years in prison for it. Mm-hmm. Plus restitution out the ass, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, he's like, honestly, who can say they did that? That's like. Uh, that's how I feel. Yeah, that's an unbelievable story. I mean, yeah. the only thing he said was shitty was like he's, he at the time he was married. Yeah, and like part of his cons- the conspiracy to rob was was actually because he had fell in love with another woman, and she's the one that was like the mastermind and the manipulator of all this. Yeah, she fucked with him. Yeah, she fell in love with her, and she she was there just he to used manipulate him. Yep. him. He was kind of that geeky guy and stuff. And, yep, and whatever. But Wanted anyways, some buddies. Yeah, you know, and but here he, here he was. I mean, that's the story of lots of people. I mean, how about, I mean, like for myself, it was drug use in college and, uh, you know, not going to class and always thinking there was a party. Did you ever feel guilty about, no, I'm not calling you out, but I no. mean, did, did you ever feel guilty about not going to class? Uh, yeah, at some, I mean, for sure at some points, but then, then the drugs, you know, overweight. I was there for an experience, I thought. I had no idea what I was going to school for. I had no desire really. To even to further get educated, I wanted to play some college hockey, which I got to do for a couple of years, and then that faded into just meeting people off that weren't on the hockey team that became my best friends, still are my best friends, and even most of them, most of them left me hanging or you know just said, "Hey, he's gone too far away from our, even our beliefs." They smoked a little weed, but I just. I went way far. I went into meth and heroin and went and dove in deep. And and that became my life for a few years. But would I change anything about my life? Absolutely not. Like, no, I wouldn't want to go back and do my four years at college and graduate with a degree or, I mean, anything like that. I just you I, could potentially- I think the experiences that I love the experiences I had. They led me to here. I've, I, I did make my way out of it. Some of my friends didn't, you know, they spent some time in jail or in prison. And, uh, you think there's potential? I don't know that I don't know what, you know, they would do to change it either. I mean, I guess if I asked them, I I would kind of expect them to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change much either. I mean, obviously they'd say, I'd love not to get busted and go to prison, but well, yeah, but prison's maybe part of that life experience. Yeah. You just got to, take it as an experience i mean and that is more valuable than than living just a bland bland mediocre rank and file life. rank yeah. and file rank and file yeah, oh, yeah. Rank, rank and file, file. life man yeah no, yeah I don't you're gonna go that. to college you know you're that you know put that in the file cabinet i want to you know? make some fucking stories i want to have some experiences in life i want to yeah not no, I don't want to be a junkie is why I, at some point I made the decision not to. But, I mean, how about for, for you? I mean, like, you joined the Marines. Um, but, I mean, re- really it was your choice, but it was, well, yeah, it I, was I, like I the choices. lesser of two evils, you know? Like I had other choices. You know, would you have – would you do it again? Yeah, for sure. Um, there At the time, it was a, that was probably the most strange portion of my life that I'd probably ever be in was – you know, my, my dad just dying and, uh, you know, that transition, you know, if you think about the, you know, you think about in January of your senior year, you know, think about what mm-hmm. you were doing from January to like June, 
a lot had happened in my life. Yeah. I had, my dad had died. Yeah. I had graduated high school. I literally had no you plans. Got that GED. Yeah. You know, actually, I barely graduated high school, man. I, I think mean, that it was barely like brutal. Did yeah. Like, I, I missed so much school my senior year because my dad was sick. And then I had a, a I'd say, a substance abuse issue when I was. Alcohol in, in high school, yeah, for sure. High school, high school, How's high school Billy. I mean, you um, smoked weed like twice. Your substance I did. was alcohol. Yeah, right? it was like I loved alcohol, dude. I liked, I loved the the fact that it was something that gave me some relief from all my, I guess we'll call them Strip. early demons. Like, yeah, not only the fate, the, the the diversity that I was facing then, but also. Who knows what I don't know what I was dealing with. It numbed I, I had anxiety so bad when I was young. That's what drugs did for me too. Is it's like, hey, all the anxiety of you know, what am I gonna do? What am I supposed to do? All of a sudden, you don't care. You, you don't know, care for a little minute, and I, you don't have to worry about that. And and you're just worried about it's it's crazy tomorrow. what alcohol will make you do. Um, so I joined the Marine Corps, and I didn't literally hardly drink the first two years I was in. I'd come home and leave, and just spun off twisted up with my buddies but and then i go back and it's back to business like yeah. it's crazy because alcohol will literally make you honestly i think that was kind of my driver even because i wanted to get through those things you know sober like mm-hmm. i wanted to accomplish those things and then at the end you could get tore down drunk to the frame yeah you know right to the frame like after sniper school we all it was went like out. the reward yeah after sniper school we all went out like just well all of us three of us that graduated but obviously <laughs> we were out with our other buddies from yeah. our units yeah and we all went out and i remember just i remember getting so drunk when i was in the marine corps i i'd be so flipping hung over the next day because we drink shit like jagermeister and all yeah, that just stuff. whatever shots yeah. were set on the bar and i remember just being so hung over but i was you're in such good physical shape that it doesn't take you long to recover either but you know, so when I got out of the Marine Corps, my, I, I guess my drinking in the Marine Corps wasn't near as, as prevalent as some people. Yeah. Right? Like it was pretty moderate. Mm-hmm. I would say I was, I was probably in like in the lower, probably twenty percent for how much I drank compared to the rest. You know. So when I got out, like, my brother had made some mistakes when he got out of the Marines. Yeah. And so like I, I was like I was adamant I. So what, what the way I looked at it was like, if you like drinking, you better mind your manners. Like, you know what I'm saying? You so, had a bad example in front of you. Yeah. So, so I, <laughs> I love drinking so much though, that it's almost like that drove me to behave myself. Yeah. So I didn't lose that, that privilege, you know? So I never did get it. You know, I never got in trouble for much, you know? You wanted I mean, to drink, but you weren't trying to drink and drive around or but or i will but i will something like you were yeah. happy to drink at like home rolling, with some buddies and bs yeah we weren't like wrecking equipment you know and like you know ruining i'm sure there was some relationships that were heavily affected back then for, yeah. with like girls or whatever or friends oh for sure and but um you know i honestly i can say i i am an alcoholic you know you and still say that even though you recovered that's I would part say, of the thing that i would say i would know. say i am the only thing now though is like you don't want to sip with this molson not at all um <laughs> yeah so i it, it doesn't even bother me i'll drink your share it does it's been five years i've been sober you know i haven't had a i won't even take communion i think church. sober i think sobriety is pretty cool these days and i don't understand if that's me just being an older person i think it's because you're getting older to be honest with you i mean i it wasn't cool when you were when i was 20 it wasn't cool to be sober not in my little group but 
I, I don't know if it's just getting older or literally like people are moving away from it. Maybe the college kids. I haven't been to a college party in a I few know. years. I'm sure they're still whooping it up good, but and, just like now, all of a sudden, I find myself having you know a lot more respect for somebody like you than somebody that you know is swerving out of the bar on a Tuesday night and trying to make their way home and maybe smacking the cop car or something or there, you know and there i is, mean that's there is happened this... up here or or driving their car <laughs> into the bar or you know all sorts of things you never know you, never you remember know. that guy that did that i don't i don't remember the occurrence i've heard the story at all you know who it is yes i know okay. who it is so anyways you may, <laughs> have the, may have the same dna as me um i don't think that he even tried to put it and reverse and back up and leave the bar. I'm pretty sure he swung around, put his foot down, and he potentially might even done a parade lap after he did. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, Drove right through the yeah. fucking bar, <laughs> anyways, and that's what alcohol will do for you. I know, dude. So, anyways, there's a stigma that goes. I, I, I think there's a stigma that goes with that. You know, when you quit drinking, a lot of times you see guys. He's like, he had to quit drinking. It's like. Oh, what happened? <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? What was the what was the final oh, straw? Happened? Yeah, it's what like, happened? Uh, now there was lots of straws over the years that piled up into a pretty decent haystack. Yeah, and, and it didn't take the final one. It just was Yeah, 90% of the guys it's like, "What happened? He got like six DUIs, you know, or <laughs> you know, he went to prison for 18 months because he had was on his ninth DUI or, else, or whatever." Yeah, otherwise it's just a question, you quit drinking, why did you quit? Why would you quit drinking? Yeah. Like um, I don't know. It doesn't do much for me. So when I when I first when I about the first eight months of sobriety, I went to see my doctor because I was checking in with him quite regularly because I had to you know I, I was keeping a pretty close eye on myself because it was a change, big change for me in lifestyle. And um, <laughs> I'm sure I, he was probably like, God, this guy is he pays way too much attention to things. But I I told my doctor, I said every dude, feeling. Yeah, and- I was like, dude, I said I. I said, I think that drinking is an epidemic in this country. He looks at me and he's like, <laughs> no yeah, I know. He's like, I know. Like, <laughs> I, and I'm like, my mind is just like, like just blowing. Finally. You know? Yeah, I think drink, dude, there's like an epidemic here. Like, <laughs> well, no shit. You know, like now I'm just like, yeah, it's an epidemic. I don't, whatever. I, I guess I don't get, I don't even really think about it a whole lot anymore. Yeah, that's good. I, I just don't. Um. I guess maybe when I do think about it is probably about when I'm hanging out with my kids and I maybe like you say, live in the moment. Mm-hmm. I do think about how, even though things may not be that good, like financially or, you know, so in some way or another, you can always, you can always say something's not good because of this or that. But I always try to, you know, there's times when I live in the moment, when like I'm really happy right now. Like, you know, I, my two Enjoying kids are hanging this. out with me, you know, or we're watching a movie or cash and I are, driving down the road like just enjoy that moment for once yeah you know just just embrace it because i i I kind of feel like at the end of your life when you're when your last days are are there you know i I kind of feel like you could look back with a clear mind hopefully not have dementia or something that shitty disease you know and you can look back with a clear mind and and you know god can do crazy things and, and the human mind can do crazy things when you're when you're at the last hour of your life or whatever it may be yeah. and i'm hoping that you can go through and see those things you know and enjoy those it and embrace and those enjoy moments. them one more time yeah you know just uh 
I, you know, I, I guess. Yeah. Well, you can also have an acid flashback, you know, if that crack your neck and all of a sudden, ooh, I'm back in the 70s <laughs> Is that again. Can you do that? Is that I don't a know thing? if it's, uh, I, I, they say that from, I don't know. I've spinal never fluid, a, right? Yeah, yeah, something that gets stored in your spinal fluid a little bit. I, and, I took a drug test one time. Randomly throughout your life, little bits of it can really seep back out and all of a sudden you have a little flashback but yeah i, I always i don't know like i hope i not. hope i hope like you know getting old is a p- kind of a pleasant experience as far as uh go ahead you can go dude All right. what, what do you gotta, what do, what gotta, you gotta do? oh um you know i i kind of i like to imagine in my own head that uh you know kick in the bucket hopefully you get to get to take a look at and reflect on well, hopefully the more positive things that have happened in life. And, uh, you know, I will have to edit that out, I guess. Rots. I got a piss too, man. Huh? Hit the stop button. We don't have to edit this out either, because it's kind of entertaining, actually. It's kind of entertaining for one person to be talking and... Well, yeah, Jason Ellis does it all the time. Jason Ellis? I don't even know who the fuck Jason Ellis is. We're going to pause for a second. Levi's got to go, yeah, take a leak. We're going to put on the headphones again and segue right back into this again, Levi. Yeah, so we were discussing a little bit on some, uh, uh, you know, sobriety and... I don't know, drug and alcohol abuse. and I've also, you know, I still drink beers. And uh, I have family members that have uh, got the cure, so to speak, right? And, that's what that, and, that's a, kind of an old term for that, by the way. And even my dad, like when I was a kid, my dad would drink a couple beers and watch Sports Center at night. And I never thought, I always thought that he wasn't like that cool. Like his buddies would go get drunk on the golf course. And I'm like, yeah, you don't even hardly drink. And he's like, I have a couple beers a night. That's all I need to do. I'm fine. And now looking back, I'm like, geez, a couple beers a night. That's like kind of a habit, you know? Like, Yeah, it is. And and actually my dad, uh, um, he went sober for, you know, three, four years now. I mean, not that he had an issue really at all, but he just didn't feel the need for it and so for me i in certain scenarios i was like damn this kind of sucks dad i'd like to have a couple beers with you when we're fishing at the lake or something you know and that's kind of part of it you know it's not just about drinking and getting drinking to get drunk like it's a social thing a little bit and i was pretty happy last year I, my parents weren't at the lake cabin but i went up there with my wife and went in the fridge in the garage and i'm like what the heck there's a six back in here with two gone. And so I called my dad. I said, what the heck is going on? You putting beers up here for me? Who drank two? And he said, hey, I, I did. And I said, what the heck? You know, you're back? He said, well, yeah, I don't have an issue. I mean, I just, yeah, every once in a while, enjoy a beer still. So I, I don't think that's, I mean, I think that's reasonable. And I really kind of enjoy that now. Now when I go down to Christmas... I would like to have a beer with my dad and sit there and, uh, you know, have a conversation at the end of the evening. And, and that's that's kind of fun, and it does help open you up a little bit. But. I think I think that's more the utilitarian. Um, beer beer is kind of like – it's kind of like having a gun. You know, guns should be looked at as a tool, right? <laughs> okay. That's a utilitarian – I call it utilitarian effect of booze, right? So – I guess you can have bonds over that. You want to go shoot guns tonight? Exactly. You know, but. a beer is essentially – 
it, it all depends on how you look at it. A beer can just be a beverage, yeah, right? It's just like a, having yeah, a pop. It makes a little camaraderie between you yep. and a little um, bit. But my relationship with alcohol, it's kind of funny you talk about being able to have a beer with your dad, you know. It was always a goal of mine when I was in the Marine Corps. My brother, he was stationed in Okinawa, Japan. We'd actually write each other letters, yep. like letters. like Go figure. Yeah, because... Like back when you were still carrying cameras with... Filming film, them, yeah. And so, you were writing letters to each yeah, other. Yeah, so we, we would write write letters. You know, of course, we, when I got into the fleet, we could call each other. But we always talked about when we got out, we were going to drink beer together. Yeah. It's fucked up. You know I can't what's fucked wait. up? I can't wait till we get out together and can have a yeah, beer. Yeah, you know what, though? By the time I got out, he had already he quit drinking. Yeah, he had already <laughs> went on his after-marine rampage. Yeah, so, so we never did. Like, I literally have never drank with my brother. Because you were too um, young when he left for the Marines. I was drinking then. I can't say I never drank with him. I, I let's see. I probably uh, in high school. In high times. school, when he would come home on leave, but it's not like I was drinking with him. It no, was, it's never. It was never just him and I. Yeah, you weren't doing. His that. buddies were Sit there. Down by a fire and have a couple beers with my brother and yeah. yes. But now I I, I enjoy my, my my brother and I have a pretty crazy relationship it's just <laughs> you know, people can probably know if they listen to our podcast to help my personality and his is probably just as distractive we'll say <laughs> destructive or distractive? well distractive <laughs> like we have a distractive personality him and i both, both got like add yeah kind of so anyway like when him and i get together i enjoy i like being around him when it's just him and i mm-hmm. and like we're monkeying around out in his shop we don't really do anything when i'm over there when i go visit him we just kind of look around his shop, and I just, I'm like, "What is this?" You know, just hang out and BS a little bit. Yeah, we do. You know, and and uh, we sit. I I I like to razzle. I do like to razzle him up, like like ruffle his feathers. Pretty easy, probably for I you. Do, it's very easy for me. Yeah, you know. I, I bet you I am probably the best at ruffling his feathers. Yeah, for sure. You've known him the longest. Yeah, and I'm, you know I'm 18 what, months younger than him. What buttons to push and. Yeah, I know how to ruffle his feathers, and like I've there's certain things I've actually done as an adult that. <laughs> that probably's fucking what do you say unacceptable or un unsat or whatever but let me tell you something one time so about about ah, let's see 2004 him and I were working together in an ethanol plant and this is a funny story and he was living in town both out of the marines welding yeah, I was fresh out of the marine corps and I was welding an ethanol plant and he was too and he was like the foreman and we were working for this guy not from Roseau here it was from out of town and he owned this small little company, and we were over there welding, and and uh, and we, I don't know, it's something to do with the hours. I looked at my hours, and you know, I said, well, dude, we worked till like, you know, I think we were working four twelves, and we maybe worked till like six forty five or something, and he cut my time off at like, you know, six forty five instead of seven, you know. Yeah. He didn't give me the full twelve, and and it happened a couple times, and I, so, and it was just him and I and like two other guys on this crew, and I'm like, so we were we were riding, we were driving back. We both had our welding trucks, and we were driving back from North Dakota. It was just on across the border, Minnesota North Dakota border, and uh, and I was I called him. It, we you know we had uh, flip phones, but you know then so yeah. I called him and I and I was bitching at him about it. And actually, I got kind of pissed off. Hey, how come you don't give me my full twelve? You yeah, cut me so, fifteen minutes so, short just because we quit fifteen minutes short. You're not giving yeah. me my last. So I I I actually was kind of it was one of them deals where I wanted to ruffle his feathers. Yeah. And kind of razzle him Fuck about it. But also, bit. I started to get pissed off during yeah. the conversation. So anyways, he dropped his pickup. It was wintertime. He dropped his truck off right out of town at a shop to, to let let it thaw out or whatever because it was a wintery kind of kind of mess, you know. Mm-hmm. And anyways, he hopped in with me, and we had like six miles to go to town, and we were arguing in the pickup. 
<laughs> I mean, mind you, I'm like 23 at the time, 22, whatever. He's like 25 mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, 18 months apart. We're in our early 20s. And, you know, we're arguing in the pick. We weren't yelling and screaming at each other. No. But we were just arguing on the way in. And I and, he, and then he pissed me off. I don't know <laughs> what he said. But we were dri- I was driving my pickup. So I dropped him off over here on 3rd Avenue. I think it's, they call it 3rd Avenue. Sure. In town. And he got out and he had a, we, he had a duffel bag because we stayed in a hotel. Yeah. So he had a duffel bag. And I looked in my rearview mirror. And I, I saw him reach for it. So I hit the gas. Yeah, you know, so I just like brought it to that next level, you know. Yeah. Fuck you! Like when someone's <laughs> trying to get in and you drive right? away, yeah. And so they I hit try the gas. Grab the handle. So then, they... so then I pulled up like three feet, and then I just stopped. Yeah. Right. So I saw him reach for it again, and I did it again. And I'm in there just <laughs> chuckling, you know. Mind you, I mean, my brother's like he's probably what four inches taller he's than me. Fucking savage. Yeah, he's pretty. And big. he was fresh out of the Marines. And, and I, he's a fucking I was too, savage. but I was like 165 pounds then, dude. I'll say I came back and I saw your brother skating old timers hockey when I came back to this town to Roseau, and he wore like a fucking football jersey that you know was like a crop top. <laughs> oh my god! With his dude. stomach shown and all the holes in it. And then his jock strap with like nothing else. He wore like a football jersey and a fucking jock strap with, with shin pads and like he played old timers hockey like he didn't have yeah. any so, equipment. Yeah. So and it was just like who's this fucker? That's so, Wild Man Lance. So dude, <laughs> you know? the, the third time I did it. So I did it a third time. But this time he acted like he was gonna reach he figured out that I was looking at my mirror. Yeah, yeah. The crazy bastard, instead he acted. His arms were long enough he could actually. He knew I was looking in the mirror. He made it look like that, and I was just looking in the mirror. You know, yeah. like. And he opened the freaking passenger door of the pickup and jumped into the cab of the truck, and, and I, I just jumped out. I, I was <laughs> jumped like, out Holy the other side. Shit. Oh fuck! Yeah, like like you know when I'm you're like get punched in the like, mouth. What do they call flight or fight? Yeah. I was in flight mode. Like I'm getting the f out of here. I didn't even put the truck Again. in freaking park <laughs> right so the truck's like rolling down the street whatever maybe i don't know if it hit a snowbank or what he got me on the ground he freaking in the middle of the street mind you this is yeah. in rosa you know it's like it's winter time like when he fucking headbutted me in the back you know what's funny about my brother he, he doesn't really like to punch me yeah you know yeah, like don't want to take a swing on his little brother yeah, yeah so he like headbutted me in the back of the head his big thing is headbutts with me really you know yeah because it hurts even worse yeah it's cr- it's crazy how bad a headbutt will hurt no shit yeah so he he headbutted me in the back of the head you know oh my I'm- god <laughs> that's all crazy he i is, tried man. to headbutt a dude once i mean i did headbutt a dude he had pushed a girl down at a party and then <clears throat> like literally thrown her down out in the grass by a bonfire and there was probably 10 people that had kind of circled around him and were kind of razzing him and nobody really did anything and i thought motherfucker i walked right through the group of people and i grabbed him by the shirt and i just smacked him with my <laughs> forehead when i fucking hit him right in the- did it work oh yeah yeah, he still got a dead tooth. Did it hurt you? Fuck yeah, it split my forehead open. I hit him in the teeth instead of the nose. No, you did, did it did it knock his teeth out? I mean, he's got a dead brown tooth it? in the front of his face still, yeah. but I mean, it split I hit him hard and it knocked him back probably 20 feet into Dude, these fucking pine trees and he fell over and there's instantly, nothing that, There's nothing says that says commitment like a headbutt. Dude, instantly I just felt warm running down my nose and my face and I'm like, "Oh fuck." 
and I had about like one and a half inch slit on my forehead where I hit him in the teeth. You had but so you had but somebody you're committed, dude. Yeah, I was I was gonna, and it did fucking rock him, and it rocked him back hard. And yeah, well, and, he, it, and it, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna throw a fucking one of my friends, especially a girl, down at a party, you deserve to either get punched for sure or. Yeah, I'm gonna come at you with a head ball. Well, I and, and you know, with my brother, with that altercation we had, that was actually the last physical altercation we ever got into. Of course, I've had my, I've been threatened to have my ass kicked quite a few times <laughs> Many since then. Times. Oh, we worked together out in Michigan and stuff. We roomed together a lot. We welded uh, across the pipe from each other as welding partners for years. You know, and it, you know, I can look back now. It was fun. Yeah. You know, I'd like to get him in here, you know, maybe as a, like a guest, you yeah, know, because he's, would be good. he's, he's full of shit, you know, I mean, totally full of shit and Lance it's fun to have him. Good. He's yeah. got stories where I live out in the country. He, oh yeah. He, right he, there, dude. He fled the cops yeah. one time and fucking <laughs> hid in a house. Yeah. Which he's got I found out later now is, is right next door to my yes, house dude he's got stories yeah. man yeah we all got stories it just depends just takes His a little crazy takes a little tickling to get them fuckers out sometimes i know but. dude yeah i i i like you know i i just like this last hunting season you know um i kind of i i was kind of hinting at maybe going hunting with him him and i mm-hmm. i think that'd be that'd really be, fun no shit That's like in the woods up in the big do. woods yeah you know, but I I want to actually hunt with him. Yeah, well, you, that's, like that's I don't want to. Step you got to take. You guys either gotta you gotta pick a deer camp. You know. You well, he's got a deer camp. Um, but he's he's really really serious about a buck hunting. Like he loves hunting. And me, I I'm more want to just spend time with somebody. You know. So I mean, when he came out of the Marines, didn't he want to like strangle a deer and spear he, a deer and fucking kill a deer with a? He was pretty radical with a fucking log and like. yeah i think he was pretty pretty uh, radical but now it's more he's after big uh, trophies yeah you know he's yeah. huge in the trophy hunting and um but i think it'd be kind of fun to like there's a lot of to like talk Beltran, about some of them old stories well, and and a lot of people okay so you got people that hunt together right like yep. hunt big game together they think hunting together is like spending time at the shack at night you know, mm-hmm. drinking beers, which, yeah, that's, that's fun. It, it, you're yeah. hunting together, but then in the morning, everybody wakes up and goes to their respective stands yep. and then spends come the back, whole day come back by yourself the and BS again. And I like the hunting where like you go out in the woods with your buddy, your brother, your, your sister, whatever it may be. And you go out there and you're walking, you're in the woods all day together. Yep. Like, I think to me, that's, I think that's, you, there's a pretty good chance. You're probably not going to shoot trophy deer or trophy yeah. animals that way, but they're, but then again, you can get a lot done with two people. You can cover a lot of ground Just because walking you're motivating each other. Yeah. You see a deer get up in the woods and run that way, and all of a sudden, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over this way. You walk around the woods this way and see if you push something out. That's the kind of – and Lance and I had actually discussed it. And You guys would be doing your own military tactics. Well, like, hey, get your ghillie suit out. You know, the funny thing about the funny thing about saying that is – I'm going to army crawl this mile. Yeah, no, I don't think so, dude. <laughs> um, the funny thing about – you saying that, you know, it's like, I remember when I was in sniper school, um, being tactical isn't as quiet as you think, right? So you would try to be quiet. Like when we were doing our stocks in sniper school, yep. it's stocking. was the hardest part of sniper school. I'd say academics and stocking, like the actual academics of it. Like how to stock through the woods. Stocking is an art, dude. Like we, there was a couple stocks we went to. I'm like, you got, 
They want us to stock across. It fucking look like an open parking lot. Yeah. You know How do yeah. you get I across did, this I, without anybody seeing you? And, and, and I I did need some help from the instructors on a lot of times on, on getting to my... I got it. You paint a yellow stripe down your back and you <laughs> right. roll 10 feet in between parking spaces until you hit the other yellow line. I really didn't figure <laughs> out the art of stocking until the very end when I, when I had to get 100s on them stocks. I didn't figure it out. And then it kind of clicked and I realized perception from different angles. And I started to think about it. Like when it came to stocking, I thought it was more like sneaking, you know, but it's not, it's all about perception from different angles. So, you know, if you're stocking up on a target and they're looking for you, like the last stock I did, I had to get a hundred on it and I could not believe I got a hundred on it. It was literally, I had a piece of brush I was hiding behind that was like literally two feet tall by about two feet wide. Yeah. And I was behind it and I don't know how they couldn't see me, but you know, you got your ghillie suit. From their suit. angle. I, exactly. They couldn't see you behind it's that It's all about perception, piece. right? And all I could see through that little bush was the side of the guy's face. You know, and I took the shot, you shoot blanks. Obviously, you don't aim right at the guy, you know, just for whatever. Just it's just not case, good practice. Yeah. And then they hold a little card up, and they have writing on it that it says something on it, and you got to read it to him. There's a guy that has a radio that's – he's walking out there, but he can't yeah, look at so you. So that he knows that you're actually seeing yes, them. Yes, exactly. So, and then and then you got to shoot again, and they got to try spot you. You know, once you take that initial shot and they don't see you, it's like an 80, you know, an 80. Yeah. And then – and then you got to shoot again. If you get to the next shot without and, being yep. seen. And then you get 100, you know. But, it, yeah, so anyways, I don't know how we got on it. But I remember the instructors always telling me, Levi, or, you know, Novacek, they called me, you're, you're not hunting deer. Yeah. Because you, you've got to try to get out of that mindset like you're hunting deer when you're stalking somebody. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about, you know, because they're actually looking for you. A lot of times deer, I don't, they have a whole other yeah, they look. They might look your way for a second, then they look. They're over using and a lot of other, eating but they're and, using other senses too, though. You got to remember that you're in their house. Yeah, they can hear you, they can smell you, and all that stuff. So, but um, before we ramble on here about things, uh, I'm looking at. I looked at your notepad before we started. I looked at your notes. Um, we've got snowmobile racing is kind of got a kink in it right now. Yeah, you know, I, I did some shirts last week. I printed some shirts for, but I'd say you know. Are they the best snowmobile racers in the country for this? The Bunky Race Team. Um, they're premier, I'd say. So they're the um for cross country and ice. Uh, ice lake, racing. Lake, outside lake racing. Yeah, lake racing. Ice. So Pine um, Lake was the first race of the of the circuit here in Minnesota, and it's or is nationwide circuit, right? Um, well, it be it used to be called USXC. It still is, I believe, but they got bought out by Core Power Sports. So, um. Anyway, they, it, it would be the, they call it the premier cross-country snowmobile racing circuit in the country. There's yep. guys from like... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the premier is here in the Midwest where there's snow. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. So. It's, we have the right conditions. So the Pine Lake event was canceled, I believe. Yeah. Completely. Was that supposed to be last week? Yeah. And it's funny because I shouldn't say it's funny, but you know, I didn't, I didn't even, get, I haven't even pulled the sleds out of the shed. I don't want <laughs> Bo to even hear me, but no, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even pulled the sled. I've been too busy. Yeah. So, um, so they should have been racing but I kinda, and you haven't even got the sleds out of Yeah. They, their sleds shed. are all ready to go. So I, 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 my white teal isn't really big on the lake races. Yeah. They're, they're really fast. Yeah. I mean, we're talking 100 plus miles an hour. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kids, the Reese's sled, we're talking 90 miles an hour. Yeah. 
Um, fucking fast for she, I, 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 I am one hundred percent confident that it's 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 a safe race, but Teal is not on board with those speeds. Well, you can't say that. Even you know, if we were going to talk about bunkies or whatever, you know, right? I yep. mean, uh, you know, they're a race family in the first generation. You know, accidents do happen. They, they had an accident in Pine Lake a few years ago. Took a, a a kid's life. He was only eighteen. I think he was eighteen years old. Um, I mean, they're racing fast machines, and and yeah, if there's snow and bad conditions, you don't know. I mean, you yeah, fall off. It's like I always think about that with like uh, sports like motocross and snowcross and stuff. When somebody falls off their sled when they're doing those races, it's so you, painful to watch. And you're like, oh, there's ten more people coming over this jump, and that guy's laying there in the snow, and fuck, get out of the way, buddy, get out of the way, buddy, get out of the yeah, way. I, yeah, I mean, know? nobody wants to see anybody in that struggle of trying to get out of the way. You know, yeah. I I got hit by a snowmobile. Um, Back when I was younger, when I was in high school, I got hit by a by a guy that we were out riding, and I didn't. It, it's it's crazy when you get hit because I went off the sled and he hit me at like forty. He was going like forty miles on it, and yeah. he hit me square on. Jeez. Dude, I had some shit happen to me. I don't even know how. I didn't even get hurt one bit. <laughs> he ran me right over. Oh no, you know shit! Laid you down. You didn't go over. You no, went I right went under. under. Yeah, so like it was a it was like a big heavy. I don't know if you remember the ultras. Just it was like a big you heavy down se- into the snow. Yeah, it was like and- a big heavy seven hundred cc, you know, a hundred mile an hour sled that he hit with, hit me with, and I just got back on my sled. But anyway, um, to the racing, <laughs> racing is inherently dangerous. You know, it yeah. can be, but you know, there's there's so much, there's a lot of precautions. You, they they wear shin pads. They wear we wear tech vests, yeah. um, the whole nine yards. You know, but you're, uh, you know, needless to say, the Pine Lake race was canceled. I think the Detroit Lakes is going to be a lake race. That'll probably be on, um, I'm guessing. But I don't know if we're going to participate in it myself. The big one of the season is the I-500, is it not? Well, it depends on which. So you got the I-500, which is the... In Michigan, they call the I-500, it's called the Sioux. We call it the Sioux. Um, That is the premier. It's a big oval, huge oval track. That is kind of the, that's the Super Bowl of snowmobile racing. And then you've got the International 500. I think we've discussed it before. That is all cross country. It started from Winnipeg to, I believe, the Twin Cities. And that started probably, I don't know, back in the 60s. Um, and that that is a, more of a, a heritage race. Um, it is a big deal. But no, I don't, I, I think winning the, the Sioux 500 over in, in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, is is a uh i think that's more of a looked up to accomplishment um i don't know where the sioux 500 is at right now yeah i really don't know i haven't paid attention i haven't heard really that it's just uh, up for debate right now they it's, don't they're not totally certain that it's going to happen but it's a big race but is it right on the border or something yeah it is and it's really it's really so then you got to do that's another thing i didn't even think about dude. yeah that's what i heard is it's right i didn't know if is it part in canada or I, what i i so that because but, I think it's the I think that's what's holding it up right now is that it is you know uh, right on the border. Dude, what about Canadian cross country racers though? I couldn't say, man. I don't know. No, the only because uh, you can go into Canada, but you got to quarantine for fourteen days. So you're saying if you're going to do the race, you got to it's going to be a fifteen day race. Well, yeah, and then, and then <laughs> does the, the race go is, into Canada? Well, no, no. So the Sioux Five Hundred is just an oval. That's an it's a big oval. Okay. Um, but I guess what I'm asking is, 
like uh, one of the t- Polaris like, factory oh, racers um, is from uh, Aaron Christensen. Yeah, he's a Canadian. Yeah, so he, he it doesn't matter what you travel for in Canada. It doesn't matter if it's uh, what do they call it essential or not. Yeah, unless like truck drivers, I think they they they're got an exemption. But I think no matter what, even if you're essential, you have to quarantine for 14 days if you go to Canada. Okay. So then, um, I I don't know, but that's gonna really screw things up. Yeah, because there's Canadian racers that won't be able to come down. Yeah, really or, good Canadian racers. Yeah. So depending on it, might break up teams or. Or you know if they yeah. can't if they can't I, get all the racers from their team, it might be like uh, it might be like. During... Oh, Levi, you might get to step <laughs> in, dude. You might get to step in if they yeah. can't get their Bunky eight racing. time, well, eight I'll time get the call in. I'll get the call up to the big leagues. Oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna I'll put be... it. We're gonna put it out there right now. You know, you know, Levi oh will pull the shed I'd... out of the shop, dude. I would be uh, that. <laughs> I that Sioux five hundred ain't no joke, man. No, absolutely not. I've I mean, talked we're... to some of the racers and. You know, they take turns. It's it's 500 miles, 500 miles right? in a day, yeah. And so, yeah, you run, you know, the first guy might go 100 miles or something or try to do a good yeah. chunk. And then, you know, talking to the racers, they get off their sled and they are literally cramped in that position yeah, that they were riding in. And, you know, they got people in their pits that are, like, you know, rubbing their legs and rubbing, the, getting them hydrated and trying to get them to feel that normal race, again. That race they, gets so much more scientific than... Than a guy thinks like they have um whole crews kind of like indycar racing they're yeah. watching fuel consumption and they're watching yeah the they, weight they're pretty much watching the, the sled the whole time you must know how much fuel you need to go this many laps and, and well, yeah and get off before and then the track changes so much between the start and the finish it starts out as just it looked like a zamboni was out there yeah like, and when it when they finish it's like mud because if <laughs> I, I, I saw I saw the pictures last year. You can look on the I five hundred website, and it's got you know the bunky racers. Uh, yeah, it's a big up, deal holding up their trophies. But uh, uh, Taylor is one of them that uh, ran and won it. And you'll see him on the website number seventy four. It shows him, but his whole front of his snowmobile is just and him and him. He is covered in mud. And it's kind of crazy that a snowmobile racing it up <laughs> yeah. like a and they said mud it, track. And, 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 you know, they said... And it, it's on ice. It's on the lake, isn't it? Well, no. It's, it? it's on a freaking dirt. Oh, so they do just make the ice yeah. oval. Yeah. And once by the end, you've worn through and you're right you're on worn the dirt. Through, yeah, depending on what kind of winter they've had over there and everything else. And the temperatures... If the temperature stays super cold, um, I think it, it stays pretty good. But I think it gets awfully rough, too. I oh. think it gets pretty rough. I'd imagine. I mean, so, I, so they got to change the sled, the setup as they're pit, when they pit. I have raced snowmobiles. I've driven a few in my life. And when your ski catches a little rut or a track that it wants to follow, that is a son of a bitch. Yeah. Especially if you're going fast and just jerks you right or jerks you left. And these guys are dealing with that uh, every n- second, every second of the race. So yep. And and I've I've talked to other guys from Roso here that ran in the I five hundred. I, I talked to a guy that raced it on a cold year, and he said the biggest battle then was not necessarily mud and slush. It was um, it was it Frost was actually <laughs> well that, but it was more the um. So when it, when the snowmobiles are, you know, I don't know how many sleds are in the race. There's quite a few, but when they're going a hundred plus miles an hour the whole time. And they're tearing yeah. up that track. That all well, that ice gets into it turns into fine crystals, mm-hmm. very fine. And it gets it's so fine that you know you got your foam on your goggles, but it actually you know how goggles are dual lensed. Yeah. The the snow is so fine that it actually packs in between in between the lenses, right? 
So they're just looking through this little tiny hole. And I'm like, dude, that is some crazy shit. Racing 100 plus <laughs> miles an hour, looking through yeah. a tiny hole in your goggles. Yeah, you're right on a guy's ass. You can't no even see him. taking your goggles off. Uh, I no, mean, none. You're not doing that. It's not even no. an option. No. So, yeah, it's uh, that's a big deal. I, I hope the suit they have the suit this year. I'm guessing they will, but I don't know. I guess I'd, I'll have to do some looking into it. It'll be year. awesome. Love to support them bunkies. I've been, I've been to nine time champs. Yeah, I, I've been, Ooh. I've been out of touch with, uh, with, with Bo and the gang um, here late as of late. I've just been, I took, I, I will say the old adage: I took bit off more than I could chew on the farm. <laughs> so I. <laughs> So I, I just actually it's fucking winter now, man. I know, this dude. It's frozen. What are you I, talking honestly, about, farming, I, dude? I was out there two nights ago, and I sunk the ditcher in, and I was ditching, in in up north, and um, I couldn't believe it. I was working ditching, and when I left that night, it was three below, and I knew it was gonna get cold. The wind was just brutal up yeah. there, right? Came back the next morning, it was fifteen below up there, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is. N- I pushed it over the edge. Like yeah. I, I had equipment out there that, you know, big diesel motors. And I, I, yesterday, honestly, I spent eight hours trying to start stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is shit the, out there you know, so cold. you got the block heater on one thing. I had the big, uh, I had my big weld machine up there, the big generator. Yeah. And I had the extension cord going to a block heater. Then the pickup that the welder was on, then that wouldn't start. Oh, and, my God. and then it was starting this and starting that. And I was trying to start a Honda generator. And then, I'm just like, you know what? I went and put the one. I got the ditching tractor going, and I put that away. Bit off more than you yeah, could chew. I put that one Get away. Get that shit in a shed or just fucking shut off, parked where it needs to well, be. most guys this time of year. And now it's racing time. I know. I, I But I think, I think the one cold, hard fact that I'm trying to avoid right now, I got no shop. Yeah. I don't even have a place to work on my sleds. Oh, like, geez. I'm shopless. Um, I was going to see if Peace Grenades would sponsor me. I'll rent out the back to you, absolutely. You for know, like what a, do you want? For, a, for like a... We'll talk about your fee later, you know. Maybe if you win, you know, we'll comp you. <laughs> we'll comp you the yeah, rent. Yeah, i just like to you think, know? Peace Grenades, there's only like one, win. There's one option. You know, we sponsor you for one race, then you got to fucking win. <laughs> I'll <laughs> crash my win. fucking brains out if that's the only option. Then you gotta fucking win to earn, keep your sponsorship. Yeah, I'd like to see Brad. So either you're gonna win this fucker or you're gonna die. One or the two. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> put you on that. Oh much of it. Oh damn, I won't. I won't. I won't push it that hard. It would but. be sweet to come up with a peace grenades wrap for a sled though. Yeah, for a absolutely. sponsor. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, anyway, that's kind of what's going on in the snowmobiling world here. Um, same thing. COVID's affecting everything. Still, the snowmobile racing. We need to. You'd think that wouldn't be affected. It's outside. It's, I mean, you're I not more, in contact with people, like we said. Maybe they aren't going to have the banquets, but we don't have the snow either. It's that, dry. Then I mean, too, you got to have snow to race. Yeah. On. I mean, the, the lake races. Actually, the, le- the less snow, the better, because um, you know, the, actually, on them lake races, they on years where there is a lot of snow, they actually plow the track yeah so it's so an it's, ice race instead of being on snow yeah, it's yeah, a flat it's out ice, ice race man i mean it, yeah, it's their cool sleds are set up for ice i really enjoy watching the the pros on their on the especially the the uh, mod sleds mm-hmm. them guys are really fun to watch on the ice because yeah. they're they're they know what they're doing it, it's a it's a blast um usually usually pine lake the last two years or three years we were racing little sleds right next to the big ones a couple of years ago and it on my way there it was 40 below zero 
<laughs> without the wind chill. Yeah. Like in the truck, it said 40 below. And we had our kids out racing and that shit. It was one of them. It was one of them controversial deals where they were like, should we were, or shouldn't well, we? Well, yeah. Or do we do it? Everybody's here. Well, yeah. And then you know? there was parents that were like, we are not bringing our kids out in this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I got, I'm one of them guys that's always prepared. Like I've got the, tr- I think at the time I had a gas jobby truck. So I wasn't worried about like gelling up and mm-hmm. I had like four propane tanks and like I had three different helmets for Reese, my daughter, you know, options as far as wind protection and, and stuff and different gloves. And, but then there was parents that were like, well, is it going to be a points? Cause the thing we were racing in was points. Is it going to be a points race? You know? And it's like, well, yeah, it's not I mean, going to be just for the hell of it today. Well, yeah. And there was parents like, you know, we, we, you know, there was people were really getting voiced on their opinions. And it was like, I, I my, my attitude is like, if you don't want to go, then don't go. You, yeah. Just because it's a points race, I do you have that much pride? invested in this. Yeah. Like that you're for sure they do. Some it, parents. It's not man, like I was like. It doesn't this matter one, what sport. Some parents well, I got know, so but it's much not, invested it's, in. It's their not kids. like I was like, if this wasn't a points race, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, like I didn't care. I just want to, you know, honestly, as a guy that. You know, I don't drink or nothing. I got nothing else going on that weekend. I'm just going for the hell of it. You know what? Reese could have said, you know what? I'm freezing. I don't want to race. I'd have said, all right, let's go watch the big sleds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We just came down here for an experience. Yeah. I I didn't care if she got last place or didn't finish. Actually, that... That was a fun, fun weekend because I actually watched her. She was on her champ sled. And this is when oh, she... Oh, you're one of those everybody wins. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, but the first time I ever watched her crash was on her champ sled hard. And and there was many, many crashes after that. That is kind of fun watching her crash <laughs> on her small sleds. Yeah. Because they're fast. You've seen the small fast one, mm-hmm. right? They're like... It's like a 40 mile an hour sled, yeah. you know? Cause they take the motor out and they put this whatever and anyways i watched her and she was she was just learning how to use speed mm-hmm. you know she was learning how to go fast and she was hauling hauling the mail and i watched her go around the corner and she leaned so hard it's the first time i ever watched her do this and she leaned so hard she actually had slid out from underneath her and she and she like slid into the bales and like and like rolled it and shit and tum- took a tumble yeah and and i was happened to be right there and i was like it was just me standing there. i was one of the track dads you yeah. know so I'd, I'd standing on stand that corner. Me, yeah, standing yeah. on that. And I watched the whole thing unfold. And it was awesome. And then, and, I mean, you guys run out and help them flip their yes, sleds up. Yeah, or so whatever, I ran right? over there and she she was surprised it was me. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, hey, are you all right? Yeah, I'm. And she was kind of giggling a little bit. Yeah, it was you know, fun. And that was a really fun experience. Like, like, I'm all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. First crash. Yeah, there was straw and shit everywhere. She, she ran through a couple bales and, and the sled <laughs> went flipping and stuff. It was, it was fun, you know, and I'll never, I hope she never forgets that stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause real. it was awesome. I, I don't know if she's going to keep racing or if she's going to, she says she wants to do it till she, when she gets older, Yeah. you know, and she looks up to the other women in the sport too. There's some older, not older, but like, you know, pros, women's pros and stuff. That, yeah. That are from town here. Yeah. They're from town and she, she really has looked up to them. Who are actually fucking elite in their yeah, they, fields. Yeah. In, in, like, in their field. Yep. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I really, I never thought when I had a daughter, when she was a little baby, you know, I never yeah. thought like she'd be racing snowmobiles. Yeah, know? no doubt. And, and, and there's some, there's definitely is, you got to approach girls different when, when you're a dad, when they're in any sport. Yeah. You don't call them little pussies. No, you don't. And, and, uh, you can't use that tough love approach. 
you want you think you can and you want you, to I've with tried your it. son i've failed so many your times son a little bit but with a little different approach with the girl or what? yeah i'd say a different approach because she she really takes it yeah some boys she do takes too, it hard man. i take shit to heart and you know i don't i wish i could remember some things from or, or forget some things from when i was a kid but i you know i took it to heart and yeah they were you know, maybe negative things and and some good things, but you know, yeah. I, I mean, there, but one thing that I I wish that my parents would have done when I was younger, and I guess that maybe I, I'd like to preach to younger people is, you know, and I need to practice what I preach with my own kids too. Is like try to push them, you know, harder to the edge, but not over. Well, and then when I say push them, I don't mean like get get out there. You, you know, I mean more like. Try to entice them to, to hey, push it. You got this in you. Exactly. You got this in you. You you know what you're doing. Push them that way. Like like, what what am I trying to say? Like, uh, try to coax them into making them think it's their idea. Encourage to push them. them. Yeah, encourage them. Encourage them. Encourage them. To, you know, don't don't force them. Give them it, the right motivation. Not hey, you don't want to. You need to win this, or you're going to be a loser forever. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. hey, winners. Winners win. I remember. I, that's the only option. I remember. No, fuck no. Like, hey. I remember and, playing under. And not just go do it to have fun. You know, we. I mean, I want you to have fun, right? You want to tell your kids but that. Winning's but winning's fun. But yeah, winning's fun. And it's not fun to lose. But also, that's an experience you got to learn from when it does happen. So don't take losing as nothing. Learn from that, too. Yep. And, you and, and learn from winning if you. Do get so lucky or so good that you happen to be a winner, be you a know, humble winner. My dad, he get. I remember I was a young kid and I think I did something stupid. I don't know what it was. It was me and my brother were constantly doing dumb shit around my dad. I'm sure we drove my dad nuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we were too close in age. They call them Irish twins. You know. Yeah. We we were. No, Irish twins is within the same year, right? Eighteen months. Yeah, you're. Well, no. eighteen months. Oh, I thought it was about as close like as you can have months. kids. Fuck no. My dad and his well, brother are within the same year. My grandpa was right on that shit. Well, so <laughs> I, I, I remember I must have done some dumb shit. And, you know, I, I think I gotten upset. You know, that yep. I was going to say earlier, you know, it's not so much when you get mad at your kids or like spank them or whatever, you know. It's that it's maybe the disappointment. Yeah. Like when you get to be 16 or something, you yeah. know, and you go out and get caught drinking with your friends or whatever it may be. It's when your dad's not mad or your mom's not yeah, mad. Yeah, I mean, when you're young, you don't want to get spanked, but as you get older, you don't want to disappoint. Like if you, because like I could just, they're saying I'm, I'm beyond spanking you now. You know better, and I'm disappointed. Oh, and that's a hurt. Oh yeah. So I think that's what happened was I, I was crushed. I was defeated, and I don't remember what it was, but I remember my dad was a goofball. He, I, re, I always remember I was standing there. He, my dad used to, he had this Honda. My dad was a classic dude. He had this <laughs> Honda 750 Goldwing. Yeah. It was like a Goldwing. It had the big wind jammer fairing. It was like the most 80s freaking thing you could ever yeah, have. Motorcycle. He would put, honestly, he's the only guy I know that ever could do this. He would put this thing in his fucking living room in the winter. Yeah. Right? Because he didn't want it to take up room in his garage. Yeah. Right? So he'd put it in the living room. Right? <laughs> and he'd put cardboard under the kickstand, and he would clean that thing every time he'd clean the house. No he was shit. a neat freak, my dad. He was in the Navy. Wow. So he was a neat freak. He would dust it every time he cleaned the house, right? So I, I just specifically remember looking at his motorcycle, and, and I remember him telling me, Levi, it's okay to make mistakes. Like, I, I he obviously knew I was fairly upset about something. Mm -hmm. 
He said, but as long you just make, you, you have to learn from them. And I remember him saying, and never make that mistake again. Yeah. You know, like, but he always do that. Never make that mistake. Again. Once you've done it once, learn your yeah. lesson. He said never, but that, that never kind of scared yeah. me. It was like, never, never make that mistake. Like, what? yeah. You know, like I've always heard, hmm. I've always heard that, you know, do your best not to make it yeah, again. Learn from your mistakes. Difference. Yeah. Learn from your mistakes. Is is really the same thing as never make that mistake again. But the, the nevers, you know, when he put that never on it, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh shit! Now yeah. I want to do it. Yeah, no, yeah. Now, and I, now I you want to do it. I, I and who knows at the time, my dad, you know, he probably, he, you know, he. That might be. I think that's a, a northern Minnesota or probably northern temperature thing to do. Is I, I've worked on furnaces before. I did that for a job for a couple winters, and I went into two different houses one winter where there was motorcycles in the fucking kitchen <laughs> i swear to god one dude had a dirt bike in his kitchen was he I'm working like, on it dude his drawers of his kitchen had tools instead of fucking forks and silverware you know what they call that right? it was like you know what they call that right what? redneck is Mo- that's moto bu- life moto <laughs> that's moto life fuck yeah oh you see the world in wise god, you, bitch. i couldn't Hey, I don't. I got a you know trailer house, and I don't got a fucking garage. I'm riding this thing right up through the entry and putting it right here. I, I need I, to my, work on it. My not... dad, my dad, <laughs> my dad had a buddy over there in the town next to us. I'm not gonna say any names, but uh, it, I, he'd probably laugh if if, if he heard this story. But I remember being a kid and going over to my buddies, and these these guys were you know they're cut from a different cloth you know and i think they probably know it but um <laughs> like a little redneck woods maybe uh, not, i wouldn't even call it country redneck. cloth or what yeah I, I just i don't know but anyways i remember going over there and he had a as a kid and he, he this guy would fix everything on his own he would like literally if, if his motor went bad on his pickup he, like these people came from nothing yeah he would like find a, a motor at the junkyard and like yeah. take it out himself in his yard yeah right and, and he'd do it like this guy could fix anything and I remember being a kid and he lived in a trailer house and, and they had a, you know, it was like, you know, husband, wife, and then, you know, I knew the kids and stuff. And and anyway, they had a transmission for a car or a pickup for like a Chevy pickup on the t- kitchen table. Yeah. Right. And they that were working on centerpiece. it. Centerpiece. Yeah. Because they didn't have a shop like in the wintertime. Yeah. A heated exactly. shop. So he took the tranny out and he was working on it on the kitchen table, you know. <laughs> could you imagine the mo- Could you uh, imagine if I tried to do that shit? No, I mean no. You get I mean no, your wife would not let that happen. No. I mean mine would not you know, either. I, I would not even, even float that idea towards my wife now. I couldn't even imagine go, having coffee with Teal nope. in the morning and being like, "Hey, um, later on, I've got uh, I pulled the tranny out of my I got an older Chevy pickup, you know. <laughs> yeah. I call it Harold." Yeah. Um I got the tranny out of Harold. Say, I'm going to be bringing it in here on the kitchen table. Um, I got to work on it for a couple weeks, maybe, or the winter. <laughs> you know, you never know when you get done with it. Yeah. But I'm bringing it in because... It's got a little slip to it, you know. So I'm actually... I'm going to take the fifth friction plate out, and I'm going to, you know... So <laughs> we'll work on this a little bit, honey. Yeah, you don't so got it, any... Uh, you, we're not eating family dinner for a few months. <laughs> yeah, so anyway... Uh, not at the kitchen table anyway. Yeah, so my dad, he had some classics, man. I mean, there's so many stories I could tell. He, him and riding around... There'd be times I, me and my brother would be riding our bikes around Greenbush, you know, around town. Yeah, little and, and small like, northern Minnesota town. Yeah, it, it was, like, was kind of like Trailer Park Boys, you know? Like, we'd be down there with our... <laughs> Before you knew what Trailer Park yeah, Boys my, my was, dad, you were acting like them. My dad actually had a nice house, like, around the edge of town. Like, it was... He, he was like a pretty normal dude. Yeah. But like he, 
he he would ride around. He'd be like, "Hey boys, I'm gonna go up for a beer." You know, he'd get on his Windjammer, freaking Honda 750, because it, <laughs> it was cooler and shit. You know, and he would <laughs> drive it like seven blocks. Well, yeah. So one time he he liked to throw me on the back. You know, yeah. I because it was like I had the had the backrest back and all that rest, shit. You know. Yeah. And anyways, I remember being at a stop sign with him right on Main Street in Greenbush, and he stopped, and it just the bike just fucking tipped over and fell on the concrete right i'm like and like i just hopped off i was like a freaking cat you know <laughs> i hopped off. i'm looking at him like what are you doing like you just dropped this fucking thing on the on the cement yeah God, he's cussing and swearing you know of course he's you know pissed off i don't think yeah. he'd even been drinking or nothing not even half in the bag <laughs> yeah no i don't think so you know but i i remember i i thought it was so cool you know I, I would see him like towards like eight o'clock at night, you know, he'd, he'd say, boys, I want you home by nine. Even if he wasn't there. Yeah. Like he'd say, boys, I want you home. We were like a couple dogs, you know, we'd yeah. just head on home at nine, you know, start getting <laughs> yeah. dark. And like, I remember seeing him in town a couple of times on his motorcycle and he would be heading up to the, have a beer or something, or, yeah. you know, and he, I, it was just, he thought he was so freaking cool, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I'll let but him as have a little it. kid. Yeah. You, I'll, I'll let him have it. You know, yep. that was it. That was his, that was his pride I think it and joy. Was. Like, Hey. I'm going to take the bike out. I'm going to go for a couple mile rip. Then I'm going to go to the bar, have a beer. You boys best be home. I'll see you after a while. You want, you want to know what's cool is I, um, I got out of the Marine Corps. I obtained that motorcycle. I was just going to say, do you buy his motorcycle? Uh, and I, I'll just say, uh, a, a good, good, very good friend of mine. It's sitting at his dad's shop. And, and when, when we first got it, we like, we went and got it. Like yeah. some ugly stuff happened after my dad passed away with, Family with stuff. And, yeah. yeah. So, um, we ended up with it and I can, I can say that on the podcast here because you had to I don't care. Confiscate pretty that much shit and get it. Yeah. So that was one thing that we got. And, and this friend of mine, he, he knew my dad pretty well. And we actually, we actually got that thing going again. Cause it had sat for four years, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and he was so, he knew my dad and he was, he was so proud. His uh, his dad. So my buddy's dad had a Harley, and so did his uncle. And they and he, Blair, I'll just say his name, Blair. Yeah. He would take this thing, and and they, and and he it didn't run the best. They didn't get it going that good. Yeah. It had a radio and shit on it. And he <laughs> goes, and Blair up. told me he goes, man, he goes. They went to Gregla. It's like 30, 40 miles south of their farm, you know. Yeah. And they went on a ride, and he goes, man, I just cranked the Eagles up. He had an Eagles tape in there. And man, still have the tape. Yeah, he that was your like, dad he, goes, in it. he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, Mitch, he was just riding right next to me the whole time. That was so freaking cool that he brought that up. He goes, he would have been just prouder and shit. If, yeah, he, it was sunny. It was nice. It was in Blasting the evening. the Eagles. Yeah, you know, and Blair was just, he was prouder than a peacock. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never, I did, me and Blair. Should have been you. Well, Blair and I got, we did spend some time on them. Yeah. We would get drunk and go ride. <laughs> We, we still would get drunk and go ride we still, around. We still have it. Yeah. I mean, we still... I say we because it's kind of a joint ownership. <laughs> well, it's between me and Blair. And, yeah. You know, Blair's old man. But anyway, uh, enough with the bullshit stories. That's um, fucking awesome, though. That's the nostalgia, you know? Those yeah. are the little things I, you remember. I, you know, of course, you can make big plans. You know, we're going to get that thing fixed up and this and that. doesn't uh, matter. You just look at it and remember your yeah, old it, man and that. It is nostalgic, too. It's just a, it, one day that motorcycle's... You're gonna it's, go to your kid. Well, the thing of it is, is it's it's sitting in a shed right now in a heated shed, and it just sits and sits and sits and sits. Well, it's actually in very nice condition. It's almost like mint. 
even know, though it got tipped over. With well, who knows? Time. I mean, it's got a little road rash, I'm sure, but <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little road rash, you know, you, but I, it ain't too bad. A guy can learn some lessons from that too, you know. Like, you know, I, I my dad always taught. He always had these guys. He was a truck driver, and he had these. You know, truckers and Harleys are kind of a thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And he always talked about this buddy of his that drove tr- truck. You know, one of his coworkers. He, yeah, he's got a. A road king, you know, and he's like, oh, I'd really like to have one, you know. He never <laughs> pulled the trigger and did it. And I, I to this day, I'm like, why? Are you, why didn't you, you do that? Are you going to do it? I, I, I'm, I got to admit, I gotta admit something on the king. air here. Yeah. I got to admit something. I'm scared of motorcycles. I'm scared of street bikes. I knew it. That's why your buddy's got it. But that's not a street I, bike. That's a, that's a fucking cruiser. I know, but I'm scared of highway bikes. Yeah. I'm not scared of dirt bikes. I will, I used to race them. And yeah monkey around with them all the time once you I, get on the asphalt you're not a fan i'm deathly afraid of them because of that I don't one know, tip dude. when you were a kid no I, I i i in the marine corps they a big thing was to own motorcycles and i think uh what happens is they they, they built it into your brain that you they, they they're so big on safety and they show you all these videos of guys that have darted going 180 miles an hour on 1100 cc crotch rocket and they barrel it into a guardrail and there's like all that's left of their body is their eyeballs and they and they built that into your head and pretty soon you're just like you know what i don't want to fuck with it you know and i think that's the reason why is is i got scared it you know i get i guess i got scared to even fr- i got on a crotch rock at one time when i was in the marine corps and i was in jacksonville north carolina and it was an 1100 mm-hmm. like a yamaha i don't suzuki 1100 sure. gsxr and this was just one of these corpsmen. We called it, it was a doc. He was a black guy. And uh, he coolered and shit. Doc Dove was his name. And uh, it was when I was in recon battalion. And my buddy was living, they were roommates, and he had this black crotch rocket. And I was like, hey, can I take that for a drive? You know, I thought, what can it hurt? I'm on city streets. Well, crotch rockets are so freaking easy to go fast on. So powerful. Dude, I looked down, and I was in town, like on a, we'll say, we'll say like a two-lane a subdivision road, yeah. right? I'm going 110. Yeah. No like problem. third gear. Yeah, no problem. Right? I'm like, no, I I took it back. I'm like, I'm never going to, that's the last time I rode one. Yeah. They scare the crap out of me, man. Yeah, no doubt. I've got buddies that rode rockets before big ones, 1200s, and yeah, like I'm over it. So I'm scared of them. I'm over it. I'd kill myself if I still had it. And then the deer know? and all that other crap. I got a, there was a guy from our town that, yeah, I mean, he told me a story once. He was a Marine out in Hawaii and, he had a he had a motorcycle and or a rocket and one of his buddies was gonna borrow it and he said he wasn't even there at the time but you know it was okay that his buddy was gonna take it they were good friends and whatever and he went riding up through the mountains or whatever yeah through the mountains or whatever and was going fast and he and he uh, ended up like losing control and he put his arm out to kind of grab the guardrail like picture like those silver metal metal yep. guardrails and his arm went kind of i mean he must have been going fast and when he hit the guardrail he kind of reached out for it but his arm went past the guardrail and it slid down the guardrail and it sliced his fucking arm off that's gross sliced and nasty his, sliced his fucking arm was off. he a marine yeah the guy so he got discharged yeah. in probably other than honorable yeah, probably because probably because, a dishonorable because yeah discharge because it, for taking a motorcycle up the fucking pass way too fast and i mean i think he lived I'm but sure. i mean i can't imagine that you know, I mean, that's a crazy story, but I mean, it just can happen so fast. Those, it's funny to watch some of the rockets. I've watched people, you know, with no shirts on, 
three guys I watched in Minneapolis <laughs> With on flops on. Yeah, for real. Like I like Interstate 35W, and I remember them getting right next to my driver's window, and we were young, and we were going like, you know, giving them thumbs up and pumping them up, like pop it up, pop it up, let's see it. And I remember the guy looking at me and just like giving a nod, and all three of these guys just stood up on those things and like until we couldn't see him anymore road wheelies wheelies at like a like, hundred oh yeah faster than that they just burned right past us and we were going like 75 down the interstate and yeah i mean they popped them up and they didn't have helmets or leathers or nothing and they just disappeared and i was like holy shit and, and i mean that's a uh, motorcycle life. yeah I mean, I, that's a risk you're, you gotta know you're gonna take and they're confident in it and also you know fun stories of people you know being so fast on them that the cops didn't even know where the fuck they went you know (laughs) (laughs) shit i was three exits down and took this exit and fucking was into another whole suburb before they even knew what was going on i was told like jesus even back i think in 04 or whatever it was when i was living in north carolina when when there was i was around crotch rockets more i was told that a factory like 1100 or 1000 like a cbr 1000 i think they're called will go over 200 miles an hour out of the box and that that's insane dude i mean that's i'm scared to go like you know in my pickup i've (laughs) driven like i've topped it out my old 2005 tundra goes 104 i know that and then it governs out and i've done it a couple different times but when i get up to 90 or 100 i'm like holy fuck all right just just hit it and then then get off the gas because i just wanted to make sure that you could still get there but no i don't even i mean i can't imagine a flat tire on a four tired vehicle i know going I, that fast if you happen to do anything wrong at that speed on a rocket you're fucked my my buddy that the one that i referred to earlier with the motorcycle a fucking jackrabbit would just well, i know you, you i know, know? We, when like, we were when we were in high school we, we'd get done with hockey practice he had a 76 rally sport camaro mm-hmm. thing was the biggest roach ever it was like shit brown you know yeah. the fenders were rusted off it but you know i'm grateful that he used to give me rides home yeah and i always look forward to the ride home after hockey practice because it was because he be would freaking drive like an idiot you know yeah i remember we were coming home one night it was one of them it was a winter night and it was clear and i had you just don't pay attention to shit like how the tires are yeah you know what kind of condition are these tires in i do if i'm driving and i know that when i'm going i don't do that hundred in my pickup with bald i do know that this car came off a fucking out of a dairy barn or it was stored in a shed on a dairy farm yeah and i do know that it had white walls on it that's all i know it might have had hay wagon tires on it but i remember i looked down and we were going 134 miles an hour in that thing with the freaking lights off oh my god uh just just east or whatever east of town here and um i look back and then i'm like i didn't pay attention to nothing like i had no idea what i didn't even know if you had enough air in the tires you know what i'm saying like yeah you don't know if the front passenger side was you had to fill up every two days, you know. <laughs> I do know that I do know leak. that the park gear in that car didn't work. And he, when you go up for lunch, like for school, yeah, had open campus lunch. I don't know if they still do that, but we go up to like the gas station for lunch and get a sandwich or something. And we'd there'd always had the the co-pilot would always have to get out and throw a block of wood um, behind the tire. <laughs> Holy shit! We don't want this fucker rolling back across the lot. 
Park doesn't work, but fifth gear does, baby. <laughs> so he had it. So he had it. Uh, he had one of them cars that had the stick shifter and the center console. You know, yeah. that was in it. But the the shit was all wore out in it. So he had to. He actually those cars back then. They they must have been making a transition to figure out how to put them more sporty in the middle. Yeah. But you could actually grab the column and shift it up there too. Are so, you kidding? Uh, me? It was so fucking cheesy, but. <laughs> 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 Anyways, it was. Yeah, I, I I could go on forever, dude. Like it's just just, uh, whatever. I don't know. Like I can't, I don't know how my mom or, you know, parents or grandparents weren't just like losing all their hair because you don't tell them this shit and they don't know. All of it. I've been to the point where I've been telling my mom stories and she's like, okay, stop. Stop. I don't even want to know. Okay. I would prefer not to know this. I'm like, oh, well, I was right in the middle of it. I was just getting to the good part. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to know that about you. But it's funny because I think sometimes, the, like, even as a parent, I know yeah. when something's gone haywire. Yeah. And they're like, maybe hiding something. Yeah. Because, you know, like, example, uh, the same guy that owned the Camaro, we I don't know what we were thinking, and I think I've talked about this before, where we were, we were shooting each other with BB guns, and I don't know why we were doing it. I really don't. I, it was a group of us, and you know yeah, all. Yeah, BB gun wars used to have them. You know, yeah. Before, you, and Nerf, if I, if before I, Nerf guns. Were. If I told you the individuals involved, you'd know every yeah, one of them. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I got shot right in the face. He shot me in the fucking face, right? <laughs> Not supposed to And he shot me in the eyelid. Right? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and like it was a Should kind of a big punch deal. Him like in the mall still? No, like I threw my BB gun at him. Like it did the old. And I said you shot me in the face. Eye. Yeah. Right, and then he he got the pellet out. It was it was right. It was buried. It went from the corner of my eye socket over to the center, so it was sitting in there. And then so we squeezed it out and got it out. But my point is, I drove home that night with my dirt bike. And I, I don't know if we t- I've told this story before, but no, I don't think um, so. But my my mom, as soon as I walked in the house, she's like, "What happened?" Yeah, I'm like, "This is before cell phones and shit, so yeah. it's not like she didn't know. Nobody posted nothing." Yeah, like I'm like, "What?" Well, then I looked in the mirror, and then I didn't know it, but it had started bleeding again on the way home. Yeah, and the wind and shit had like made you had, like, blood. Like, I had blood in one the- eye, dude. Like, I guess so. She, it's not like she knew everything, but like. She knew something. Probably the way was I was carrying it was like a myself. Christmas story, right? Yeah, I'll shoot yourself. Oh my god, dude! It's like your eye out with the I don't BB even gun. want to tell my kids. Like, <laughs> you I'm can't tell f- your kids I'm... this story. They got to hear these ones when they listen to the podcast yeah, in a I, few years. The, the the funny thing is, I we were just watching the Christmas story the other morning, and I'm like, these kids, my kids don't even know it. I'm I'm the one that did it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell them that story and yeah, say, I'm hey. The, this is one of those ones where I'm going to tell you because this is dumb and you should never do this. Don't ever do it. I would. I. I it's just so stupid with no safety That's like glasses. Anything. Yeah, don't. I mean, we used I, to do I that. Would, you know fireworks what? fights, you know, shooting you, bottle rockets at each other. You, know what, you I would, never know the shit that's going to go wrong. Do you know what with. I would tell my kids? I'd say, hey, if you want to get involved in some games like that. You know, let's uh, let's get in some paintball. I was just going to say some yeah. paintball guns. Paintball's fun, you know. <laughs> never uh, did it, but. Yeah, it's fun. So anyway, that's that's our uh, spiel on. I'd say our spiel on parenting. Parenting, Christmas, snowmobile racing, fucking election bullshit. Still, yeah, I, we're, we're slowly gonna fade out of that, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely, we are gonna. It's gonna feel nice to just 
bullshit on here again like we did tonight. Yeah, and and uh, I feel like we pretty much covered. I don't know. We, we didn't cover. We covered whatever we felt like. Well, tonight. I, this was a free for all episode for yeah, kind of. And we're still working on. We I know we say it every freaking episode. We're like we're gonna get a guest. I I we're trying to come up with. Obviously, we're not gonna be able to get a high profile celebrity on here. Bullshit. I think, we're just not that tech savvy. We haven't quite given enough time to this thing to figure out everything and how to have a guest on and what we're going to talk to him about. Speaking we're going to get a little more organized and yeah, we're going to get before we close off five more minutes. Let's do five. Uh, this is a little bit longer here. I, I do want to cover um, for those that care, you know, the division one hockey um, bubble is going on. Yeah. We just got off the phone with a good friend of ours. that's down there. Yep. He's surviving the bubble. He's surviving um, the bubble color commentator. Yep. Mr. Brandt. Yep. For UND. Um, he is in good spirits and <laughs> college hockey bubble down in Omaha, Nebraska. Yep. And they're just getting some games out of the way, but yeah, I hope that he hangs in there, does well. He's got like six games in the next six days to announce and gets a break, but been living in a hotel room, been living in the bubble. Yeah, he showed us his and, uh, his, uh, his humble abode that he's living in. <laughs> a little abode with shirts hanging all over and computers and ties all over the wall and yeah i mean it's uh you know still affecting everybody so yeah we're looking forward to the next announcement on uh when, when's it gonna COVID be COVID 19 i think it's the 18th that good day that's a good day for the governor of minnesota and i don't know 18th I, of december yes that's that's a really good day yeah is that maybe levi's birthday <laughs> yeah that's oh the day. man did he hint on it a couple times <laughs> with that big fucking smirk on his face happy birthday levi yep. on that's december 18th oh, it's gonna be a good week holy crap oh, all man. of a sudden i already feel better about next week oh man holy it's gonna crap. not tw- or this week what hey, is it what's yeah, so tuesday it's week, wednesday yeah. thursday friday yeah it'll be 18th birthday, friday, friday. Yeah, yeah oh man what are we doing yeah yeah what do you mean? What are we doing? Should we start partying? What are we doing for your birthday? How old are you? 39. Oh, man. That doesn't matter. Next year, we'll party for 40. What are we going to do, dude? I don't... Like, what What are we going to do to party? Well, since you don't drink... Um, you're can we do co- something edgy? Yeah. You can come out to my bar and uh, we'll shoot games of pool for five bucks a game. No, I don't Five know. bucks a game? Well you, well, you can come out and enjoy watching the other people get a little bit inebriated. I know what we'll do. Hang out a little bit. We'll and... order some CBD oil and get all messed up on it. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> see how much CBD oil it takes to catch a buzz. That's legal. Yeah. yeah so yeah. do some legal uh, do some drug legal abuse. CBD and really sleep good for a couple <laughs> nights. Really feel those muscles relax in my neck. <laughs> really feel them relax in his neck. Maybe I'll roofie Levi or something, and we'll shit. have a fucking story to tell. But that the would 18th, be interesting, wouldn't it? Well, I don't got any roofies, but God. maybe in the next two days. I can, so if you start acting like if, the guys on Dumb and Dumber, they're like, I don't know, why don't you if take anybody, a bite of it? If anybody hears this and they're, you know, up on the roof in, you know, maybe. Hit me up. Maybe hit me up, and we'll see if we can get Levi a little bit uh intoxicated no we don't plan on that but yeah you know friday it's gonna be friday maybe we'll have a little pizza party. people out pizza party i got a pizza oven in my bar and uh yeah we could do something like that have a little bonfire it'd be a nice fire if, in the stove and it'd be nice if my shop was uh i got a little pond you know shit do we, you really yeah very small i mean it might be like 40 50 feet across it's like one is it froze over completely it's froze over i got it shoveled off i got do you really 
Yep. Absolutely. I haven't skated on it. It looks nice, but... It's part of that silver lining. It's one of those silver linings. Got time for that pond hockey this year, that's for sure, folks. So get out on the pond, enjoy your friends' birthdays, find the silver linings. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your family. It's damn near Christmas. Let's be optimistic about 2021. Yeah, and live in the moment. And live in the moment. All of the above. And, you know, like and give that Peace Grenades podcast five stars if you're listening to that son of a bitch. I don't need you to subscribe or anything. We're not asking for money. Just Why don't you just listen and tell a friend that they should listen to these folks because they're... We're trying to spread the good word. Yeah, pretty much. We're spreading the good word. Like, what the Jehovah, a friendliness. The Jehovah's no, a Witnesses friendliness. or something. No, yeah. dude. Uh, what the hell was I going to say? I couldn't say. Oh. I don't know what's I will say mind. this, too. One thing looking up to, I know some people don't like these short days. Northern Minnesota here, we're way north. So yep. our short days, like our days end at 4. Yeah. It's, so, it's it light at 8 a.m. and it is dark at 4. Yeah, 21st of December. She's going to turn around. That's when... That's the golden date, dude. That's the golden date. And I think that's when things are really going to start turning around for everything. When everything starts getting a little more light out there? I think it's got something to do with astrology, so we're going to rock and roll with it. Oh, my. God, I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Astrology, just like my wife, she thought astrology meant astronomy, but we'll get to that next time. Hey, otherwise, you guys all stay fucking peaceful. Be peaceful to one another. We'll be back with you next week. 